Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to follow, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is on Apple Podcast, Blueberry, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a podcast. You can also stream the episodes directly from the website abouttoreview.com. Follow the podcast on social media at About to Review and also YouTube.com slash About to Review. On today's episode, I have a returning guest, a fan favorite guest. Going to let you guess which one. Uh, this is three weeks in a row. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> you should be thanking welcome, the listeners. Everybody. So, fan favorite, Tim Hall, the People's Critic. Uh, it's good welcome. to be back. In studio this time. In studio. Not over the phone that we, after we had just gotten out of a movie. And not over the, the, the Wayback Machine and the Lost Files. And the Lost Files, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but welcoming for the first time in the studio, Kendon from the Made in the 80s podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, so on today's episode, because Kendon has spent uh, about 16 years in the molecular cellular biology field, <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about science movies and determining whether they're science fact or science fiction. Mm -hmm. So we'll go over loosely the plot. This is going to be heavy spoilers because most of these movies came out a while ago. Yeah. Right. So we're just going to go over the plot, see if that science is close to reality or even something plausible or just flat out ridiculous. So that will be on this week's episode of the About to Review podcast, uh, the podcast that has all your interviews, reviews, and geeky news. Before we get into the show, we'll get into the original theme song created by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So to kick off the episode, we'll go over the geek news before we get into the getting to know you Kendon version. Uh, so first thing on the geek news, Tim went to a film festival yesterday that is actually going on the rest of the weekend, but nobody will be able to know that because this comes out on Wednesday. No, it's, it's just one day. Is it just one it's day? I thought one it was Saturday. Day. Oh no, they do it, but like it's all, all day. It's all day. It's from one to midnight. So tell me about the Bone Bat Film Festival. Bone Bat Comedy of Horror Film Festival. I think this was the eighth one they've done okay um it's pretty much all day they do different blocks of short films and then they do a feature film um so it lasts from one to midnight yeah i didn't say the whole time because it was midnight i think one of our friends did <laughs> i don't know he may have he may have stayed brent may have stayed or, or mm -hmm. left early but um it was really great like uh they, they had some really funny shorts um a couple of them really stood out one was like a, a walking dead zombie one where the whole conceit was you can just move to the side like you don't need to <laughs> pretty much anybody who has watched the walking dead yeah come on now yeah it's, but it's done in song form so the guy's kind of singing a song nice. kind of like a tenacious d and like mm -hmm. singing about zombies um, that was pretty fun now were these locally produced is it some are okay one was like a border wall one with trump and trump's in like this big uh um like transformer looking thing okay. and, and these, these these mexicans across the border like defeat him it, that's pretty great nice the cheers at the end of it were like loud <laughs> that was that I said mean, a lot it is playing in seattle yeah said a lot about that um one of my favorites was was one called uh why she wet mm -hmm. 
and these dudes are they're having a bachelor party and waiting for a stripper and this girl shows up and she's one of those like scary girls from like the ring and she looks all wet the black hair and they're so like the ones you see on 99 yeah and here in seattle <laughs> yeah they're afraid to let her in the house because she looks valid like that, but they're <laughs> also like we kind of need a stripper so do we let her in it that's that's a, that was a pretty funny one uh another one wait uh, were these what what uh complexion were these guys who let this woman in? oh the they're house? they're all it was a mix of people okay <laughs> Uh, the black guy did have common sense and be like, oh, no, okay, there we go. That's, no, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll strip for you if we need a stripper. Like, we're not letting him. <laughs> nice. Um, Take one for the team. <laughs> right. Uh, the other one that was really good was uh, this. It, it starts off with this guy stalking this woman, um, but you realize things aren't what they seem once once he realizes what's happening in the house. It's okay. pretty great. Uh, they had a really sh- super short one, was maybe 20 seconds, which was called Deep wow. Sleeper. Where this okay. person sleep and then they wake up and realize they're being eaten by zombies. It's mm. pretty great because like the the reveal is really quick. You're like, oh no, she's being eaten, and it's like <laughs> deep sleeper, and then the short is over. I like um, it. Yeah, they have they have some really good ones. But the feature that I stayed for was another Wolf Cop. Yes, the sequel to one of the. Have you ever seen Wolf Cop? I've heard of it. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. It, yeah, good. So go ahead, talk about another Wolf Cop. It's it's it picks up <laughs> sometime after this first movie, uh-huh. and uh, our our friendly Wolf Cop is still. In Woodhaven, solving mm-hmm. crimes, and there's this evil corporation that's trying to, of like reptile people, of they're trying to take over Woodhaven, mm-hmm. and so him and his partner and his buddy are tasked with defeating them. They're creating like a brewery slash hockey arena. That's of course the they are. Uh, with, they're selling like chicken beer or something crazy. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> uh, Kevin Smith is in it. He shows up as the mm-hmm. mayor. Uh, Ralph Garman yeah. is also in it as a bartender. It's great. It's it's the kind of ridiculous like if you if if, the, if you watch the trailer and you say this looks interesting, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. If you watch it, and you're like, yeah. I can't believe someone made this. Stay away from Stay it. Stay away from it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's based on uh, solid science. No, no solid science. Mm, no. Uh, but the thing there's like, like a moon rock they snort <laughs> that gives him powers because the moon's not out. Uh, well, with uh, like, how does he turn into a werewolf when there's no moon? He yeah. snorts like cocaine, like lines of like um moon dust moon dust yeah it's yeah what i what i think is <laughs> awesome though about another wolf cop though yeah crowdfunded crowdfunded and one of the tiers it was only like i think 400 bucks yeah you could be in the movie and you could be in the movie there are people in the movie so there are so many people in this movie who after seeing the first one which yeah. was self-funded like yeah he, he made that just on a shoestring budget mm-hmm. and the second one just had this huge cult following so much so that people are like Here's four hundred dollars. I just want to be around yeah. this production. They did like seventeen days, something like like a yeah. hardcore shoot. They just sort of knocked it out. The mm-hmm. creators were there and they talked about it in a nice little Q and A. Um, yeah, that was one part of the festival that I, I really wanted yeah. to go see, mainly for that. It just yesterday was too crazy and I could it's, not it's, go. It's a bonkers movie. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's a lot to see. So if you're ever interested in either um, contributing or donating to, to bone back because mm-hmm. that it, it, it definitely a festival that's self-funded yeah if for you sure. like horror comedy because i know people are like oh i'm not into horror it's not that this scary is, yeah. um they're pretty interesting and mm-hmm. fascinating there's animation there's stuff from other places there's local horror stories like yeah. one was called the party it was a local one they shot up up north somewhere where nice. these the people come over to stop a party but they realize it's a vampire gathering um, so, okay. but it, but it's funny. It's all as, kind of as funny. it happens, you know, right. all the time. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, hilarity ensues by people people being attacked by vampires. It's funny. There's a lot of vampire stuff in this one. 
Hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of vampire shorts. Uh, but anyway, great. Check out Bone Bat. I don't know if you want to put the link in the show yeah, notes. I will put the link in the show. Um, just check out. I mean, they have a list of the films that are in there. A lot of them are available on Vimeo mm-hmm. or on YouTube. Uh, check them out. Support them. If you like the shorts, uh, retweet them. For sure. And th- share I mean, them. Same with, uh, like, when I covered last year the Seattle 48-Hour Horror Film Project. Yeah. They put all those available on the website. Some to yeah. view, some to just, I mean, yeah, reach out to the people. Yeah, reach out. Because these are small filmmakers. This yeah. is not you know some big thing so a retweet sometimes just yeah. means the world but even something like why is she wet is like a really inventive story it is clever it kind of yeah. all takes place in the doorway it's smart. all at the door really nothing smart. else happens it's all at the door the one where the guy's stalking the girl is all inside of a, ha- a kitchen and outside of a house like there's not this elaborate stuff they're doing it's mm-hmm. all very contained and they're able to tell these very kind of compelling interesting stories um, so it's great so anyway check out Bone Bat I love those guys they invite me every year I'm, I'm happy to go and check it mm-hmm. out and, and watch it. So, yeah. Nice. Check so, it out. it was Bone Bat Film Festival. Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors. Comedy of Horrors, yes. Comedy of Horrors, yeah. So, yeah, really cool local festival. I said it recently on an episode of Cinema Squabble that I was on. In Seattle, we are spoiled with film festivals. Yeah. It just It is ridiculous. In a 52-week huh. year, we have probably 48 film festivals. Yeah. So, it's it, a lot. Yeah. Always something going on. Uh, in other geek news... So, King of Kong, uh, A Fistful of Quarters, I think is the full title. Did you guys watch that documentary? I've never watched it. Kendon? I didn't watch it, but I listened to so many video game podcasts that I feel like I really got a sense of what it was all about. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, so the documentary came out quite a few years ago. It was basically chronicling the high score, you know, of original Donkey Kong, and then also went into, like, Miss Pac-Man and Pac-Man and all of the madness that goes on behind the scenes of these competitions that started way back in the day. And some of those records have been broken recently. Some of them stayed for years and years and years, but Billy Mitchell, who is the antagonist of the documentary, which apparently he had a problem with watching the documentary. You were like, "Mm, yeah, they could cut things a little bit weird, but you still said what you said. Mm. I never understand that in documentaries or in films. And they're like, you know, the different version of this, they just, they cut that the weird way. And it was like, they were not changing what you were saying. Like Killer Mike recently. <laughs> and like, oh, H&M? It, oh, okay. It, it, <laughs> like, those are your words, Killer Mike. <laughs> right. Unless they say not right afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. But like, if it is a documentary and the camera is sitting right there, no overdubbing. So anyway, so Billy Mitchell, who held the record for a long time, uh, he was dethroned a while ago, but officially he was stripped of all of his records because it found out, or they found out, he was using an emulator card in the arcade cabinet, not the original PC. This sent the nerds in an uproar. But, but Kenny, you were explaining this to me the other day. So what, what does that actually, what does that mean? So emulating, as uh, far as I remember, is to basically rebuild the code of the game and run it on a different machine than it was originally programmed for original it. card specifically like the yeah. cabinet will or be board. the same yeah the board and so because when in the documentary they do this pretty fascinating thing where when you get these hard <laughs> hardcore gamers mm. nowadays means like far cry and everything back then it was pac-man but that was what they had so in these competitions they would show up to the competition with their own joysticks with their own boards and they would like take apart the machine and install it and as long as everything was official they're like cool this is all good. 
turns out he was using a board that had some different type of chip so, set. so what does that what does that chip do i mean theoretically that would mean you could be changing variables mm-hmm. slowing down the game speeding up certain parts if you're going mm-hmm. for a speed run yeah it changes the way the game is played oh so billy mitchell was officially stripped of everything but i highly recommend that documentary king of kong so stripped of everything like what did he lose I mean, nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, except well, for... I mean, did he have medals or something? I mean, awards, I would like say. Like a WWE belt? <laughs> uh, what? WWE? D- Don't do this. Uh, <laughs> Damien's listening. Don't do this. Uh, so basically, like the, the place that holds all the records where yeah. actually you can go, it is essentially a Guinness Book of Records style place. Or like they have officials there. They actually wear jerseys. Um, and if you want to set a record, you can go there and, and try and do that. Billy Mitchell had been on their board for decades. Mm-hmm. He is no longer on their board. He is no longer on their website. He cannot say anymore, I hold a record. It's like juicing. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it was big news in the, in the geek gaming community. So I don't know if you can answer this question, but was this because of just of using essentially unlicensed or, or unsanctioned board? Or was he also cheating? I mean, the same. It, it, it's all the same. Yeah. Well, both. I mean, if like you were he, to not made change his... anything about the game, you wouldn't per se be cheating, right? So the reason that the board, the reason that he was cheating, is that the board and chipset were different. Hmm. So like, it was not the factory model. So he actively went in and changed it, Active, knowing like, that yeah. either he did or he had somebody or something change the way the game is played. Hmm. Do you so, think there was malicious intent there? Hundred percent. Watch gotcha. the do- like watching the documentary, and you're like. The guy is just slimy and weird. Yeah. He has the same haircut that he has had for like 30 years, and I rarely trust him. You don't change what does. works. Uh, it's working for you. You know, keep I rocking. think he has hot sauce to fall back on. He does. He has this giant hot sauce empire. Uh, Good so, for him. So things in the gaming community this past week have been, some would say, spicy. Oh, Sir. Uh, <laughs> the bell is not on the table, thankfully. Thank uh, God. It is behind Tim. So <laughs> uh, cool. So that was uh, the gaming. Uh, one of the movies that I'm really looking forward to that is not coming out for like two more years mm-hmm. is the live action Mulan remake yes. or not even remake the live action Mulan. Mm-hmm. So on board for this film. And there's some huge casting news recently. As soon as they announced this immediately, people were like, Disney's going to whitewash everything. Disney sucks. Valid. They I, turn, I they, don't know if they've done that. Well, that's the thing is when they, when they were first announcing it, but I don't know if Disney's done that. They, I don't know if that's a fair criticism of Disney. True, but not that, I mean, like recent live action, not some more recent stuff. No, yeah. but I mean that that kind of gut reaction and that fear uh, Disney, is, Disney is valid. Is smart, um, they're, not, they're not doing that. Disney knows what they are doing now, but like with uh, Aladdin, they're remaking that. Yeah, started casting people of color, and it was like okay, like they're they're on the right track with the Mulan movie. They cast Donnie Yen, Jet Li, and Gong Li recently. So all three of those actors are huge profile, not just Chinese actors, but everybody knows, at least like Donnie Yen and Jet Li for sure. Gong Li, I mean, she was in Memoirs of a Geisha, Curse of the Golden Flower, immediately recognizable, but to cast high profile Asian actors in the Mulan movie, I mean, yes, of course it makes sense, but that was something when they started announcing it, I am 100% on board. With this oh, I, I mean, that's been Disney's motto recently, whether it be the rebooting of Star Wars 
or what we've seen with Black Panther with Marvel I mean, Studios. When, when Disney made the choice to put brown people in space in the I future mean, and not just one. I mean, like, oh, but, weird. But that's, that. a, that's a choice that they didn't have to make. Yeah. And sure people would have still came to aside. They didn't have to do it. They, yeah, that is true. They did not have to. But they, they're smart enough to do it. Yeah. They don't have to. They could have, I mean, it's Disney. They're, they're a machine. They could have ran out whoever. Mm-hmm. But they're smart enough to, to cast Finn as John, a young, up and coming John Boyega, right? To mm-hmm. spot that talent and, and cast him in that. To, to yep. make, you know, Donald Glover Lando. Like, they, yeah. they're smart and mm-hmm. we've that's seen the it best looking thing um oh it looks incredible but even with the with the lion king that they're doing yeah um when they when they casted that little boy for the jungle book mm-hmm. um as the only the, human the in only the, human like, in the well, one we of like a couple yeah <laughs> um right but that's they've been on this track as as an umbrella that's disney and that mm-hmm. that that sort of, sort of spills down to marvel studios yeah and the pixar stuff when you see in like Disney animated studios and we're, so we're seeing more diversity from Disney as a conglomerate than mm-hmm. we are from any other studio. True. So they're I, just I, not on board. I would definitely say, um, my wife is Polynesian Samoan mm-hmm. and she just loved what they did with Moana. Moana. I text her immediately after Moana. Yeah. I was see like, you need movie. to see this. Cause yeah. I knew I was like, she's going to cry in, like the first five minutes mm-hmm. when they're like all singing on the boat. I was like, Oh, she's going to be in tears. Like, Done. They got my culture. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they they care now, like they really understand, like not just from, of course, the marketing and business angle of like right. weird cater to a diverse audience and more people will see but it. Even, but, but even more so than catering to the audience, it's having other people behind the camera making those decisions that mm-hmm. make sense. It's it's what um, I've heard Chadwick talk about and Ryan Coogler talk about, which is meeting with with Nate Moore. Uh, who's a black man who's been fighting for diversity mm-hmm. in Marvel Studios, right? So when you have someone. Who's who's at that level with Kevin Feige making decisions? Who's fighting to see people like himself, seeing people like himself on screen? Um, that's where the real change happens. Mm-hmm. It's is that I mean you can you can always, you know, if you look at look in the context of like that stupid Fantastic Four reboot they had. Yeah, great concept, a very mixed family, mm-hmm. but it's such a terrible movie that it never works. Yeah. Uh, so having people with those kind of ideas of seeing a world that reflects the world we live in. Yeah. But also smart enough to make a good film. Um, so the so that the thing keeps going. Like imagine imagine if Black Panther just bombed. Imagine uh, if it bombed. Then what? I don't want to. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I, I, like, do imagine not, that. I do not want to live in that world. Imagine no. that. But but what it does for people who worked on the film, uh, people worked on the film behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the sort of platform they have to to be part of something that's like one of the highest grossing films ever. Um, that's how we get more work. That's how we mm-hmm. get. You know, we talked about it for Black History Month. Like, yep. the future of Black cinema is these types of people who allow more work yeah so yes kendon <laughs> i like how kendon's raising his hand he like he's in class <laughs> no, i'm trying not to interrupt but, no. but going back to milan itself mm-hmm. my uh my question would be how are they going to portray uh they call them the huns in the movie mm-hmm. yeah and they are gray-skinned villainous very mm-hmm. and, and disney really does that's one thing that kind of bothers me about those early the ones that i grew up with is you can tell a bad guy by how they physically look oh right. for sure scar i mean the old ones and even some of the recent ones like scar just moves differently yeah. like physically moves Got that long crazy face and way he yeah. talks oh brother <laughs> black on him <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so i'm just curious like how are they going to portray the villains are mm-hmm. they going to seem that terrible they i mean I, I think they will because i mean it and jet lee so Jet Li is going to be, I think, one of Mulan's 
instructors. Donnie Yen might be some sort of villain role. Love Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen is Can they get Eddie Murphy back for Mushu, though? They, uh, so far, they have not announced that she was going to have a dragon sidekick, but that would be incredible. Yeah. Wait, no, Mushu? Potent- potentially. I mean, he was right. one of the best parts to yeah. me of that movie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we will see. Uh, so, definitely keep your eyes peeled for Mulan. Yeah, it comes out in, like, 2020, but yeah. just reading all of that, I was already hype about it. Yeah. Um, I do not know if they're going to make it a musical. They might do something like they did with Jungle Book. They have, like, two or three songs, but it is and not... the same with Beauty and the Beast. There was, like, yeah, a couple songs. Yeah, so it's songs. not a full-out yeah. musical. But And I'm not saying that I could sing every song from Mulan, like, right now. Uh it's good. I'm also not denying that. Anyway, uh, so Stan Lee is also in the news in one of the most like heartbreaking stories that has come out in the past couple of months. When Stan Lee lost his wife uh, like three or four months ago, anybody who has been around old people who have been married for like 60 years, mm-hmm. as soon as she passed away, they were like, Stan is most likely going to go soon. It has almost been worse than that because of what has been happening to Stan Lee in the past couple months. He has been getting financially extorted yeah. by this manager, uh, Gerardo, Geraldo Oliveira, mm-hmm. who like fired the guy. Like he somehow has power of attorney and fired some of Stan Lee's like people who were doing his finances. The guy has been extorting millions. The worst part about it. And if this is, I mean, so far it kind of been confirmed in some things, but he has some of Stanley's blood, which he was using for merchandising to like sign autographs. And it was like, what is going on? So it happens more than you think. It happens it all the time. Crazy. So from a cellular molecular biology standpoint, oh Kendon. So this person who took Stanley's blood. So are they going to make a clone of him? What What is the end game with having his blood? <laughs> Wow. Please explain this person's motivations that you have never met. <laughs> I mean, I would just think si- in the signing with the blood, making something that much more valuable. I mean, yeah. they, if you hold on to it long enough, I guess you could make a clone. Yeah. But it happens all the time. I remember when my dad went to a nursing home and, you know, one of my coworkers was like, look, she does. She deals with this stuff all the time. It's like, look, make sure your sister does this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made sense. So she has like power. Her sister has power of attorney, right? And so his ex-wife was down there, and she was trying to get money out of him like every day. She kept showing up at the hospital, and I was like, "Why is she there?" Mm-hmm. And he was giving her money, but you know, because her sister had power of attorney, kind of shut all that down, mm-hmm. and now she sort of has disappeared. Um, but it's important to have those people in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't wait until something happens because yeah. you know you end up in a situation like Stan Lee, where whoever has power of attorney is making these sweeping decisions and sort of block. Because what what they do is they isolate people, uh, they disconnect them from people mm-hmm. who love them and care for them, yep. and then they extort them. Like Dirty John. Uh, uh, yeah, Doctor Dirty you know, John. So just it separate people because like oh. You know, they're out to get you, yeah. blah, blah. I'll take care of you. Yeah. But, and like seeing some of the video from recent cons that Stanley has been to, like, he is now looking like the old man that he is. Yeah. He's we old. just had not seen that in yeah. a long time because he has always stand the man and always like around. But like the recent, there was a video of him at a signing where like he has a blanket over him, like a lot of old people do. And like one of his handlers is saying, Stan Lee, S-T-A-N-L-E-E. And like you see Stan, and it's like, 
it was just breaking my heart watching what this. I, uh, you know, I used to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then I went to visit my dad, and he, like, I remember an ambulance pulled up. Mm-hmm. I was like, Dad, an ambulance is here. He was like, yeah, old people die, man. That's <laughs> what we do. Like, he was, like, resigned to the fact that these things happen. Right. Um, I just hope that whoever it's happening to has people who care and mm-hmm. love them and around them and supporting them. Well, it kind yeah. of it kind of blows me away that somebody so like with such a high profile mm-hmm. and so much almost transparency that somebody would still pull this off. Right. Yeah. Th- even more so though. An attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even more so because the, you know, there's value there. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's value with other people we know. Like all my dad had, it was a bunch of drums and, and right. stuff. But even in that was something that mm-hmm. people wanted that they could just sell. That his wife just sold. She just sold them. Now imagine, yeah, having a high profile like somebody like Stanley, like this is this is going to get around. People are going to know about yeah. this. So yeah, so definitely I mean, yeah. much love to anybody out there who is connected to Stanley. Yeah. Like you're definitely a target, especially even from yeah. family. Like it, yeah. it happens to be a business person, but even family, you're a target if, if they even if they don't know what that value is, they know there is a value there. Mm-hmm. And if they can get it, they'll get it. You know, yeah. I think there's a slight tie-in with the uh, the Me Too movement. Where these are things that are happening to high-profile people, mm-hmm. but it allows you to really have a window into this is going to be happening to people all over, all over, yeah. of oh. all like yeah, elder abuse and yeah. stuff like that. Whether it is financial, physical, or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that 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 definitely is a good tie-in. So uh, I just yeah, I hope things get worked out one way or the other. Uh, and then the last two bits of geek news definitely tie into Kendra's podcast, Made in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, so the new Terminator movie, which is going to happen for some unknown reason, <laughs> I I truly... Is there, is there one of those situations where if you don't make the movie every no, certain now, amount of time? No, because now he now owns everything again. James Cameron, like after the last one... Genesis? Yeah, Genesis. Like it, it reverted completely back to him. He has complete control over it. Mm, I don't know if that's good. Right, that is the problem. It's like now he is like, mm, nah, my pretty. Now you are back in my. And he is making another one. I mean, Linda Hamilton is back, which is is nice. She has not been in one in a She's long in time. It? Yeah, playing who? Who knows? Uh, Arnold, uh, of course, is going to be back at some point. But the big news was that they cast their Terminator, uh, Gabriel Luna. Yes who was recently on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. I only know that from pictures because I stopped watching S.H.I.E.L.D. after the first it's two good. episodes because it sucked. It's, it got better. I keep hearing that. Because I... you keep hearing it because it's true. Uh, but yeah, so that is definitely a departure from other Terminators we have seen. No, uh, they had a, the guy was Asian in Genesis. He was well, also just dispatched like, very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. But it's just like physically. Like Gabriel Luna is not a very big person neither was uh christina logan or the other guy the t1000 yeah but yeah no those were big i feel like that was the point of that movie. yeah that that was to make him so much physically smaller we don't know what kind of terminator diego is going to be true the details of this movie are very sparse i just don't know why they're doing it money but this is james cameron like what what more okay not what more money does need everybody with money always wants more money but I just yeah. But when you're Did someone Genesis like Cameron, make money? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Genesis lost money no. for sure. I don't know what it did um, internationally. I know here it oh, did not do yeah. well. Internationally, it may have cleaned up because it had like Matt Smith in it and a bunch of other people in it. But the problem was like it 
broke one of the reveals, one of the huge reveals in, the in trailer. a trailer. Yeah. If they had not put that in the trailer, the movie, I think, would have been so much better. No, it would have still been terrible, but it just... So much better. Uh, not, I don't even know it. if it would have been... They would have just tricked more people. Maybe. Yeah, it would have tricked more people into singing and be like, oh, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. It just got dumb at the end with the computer and that app that people were downloading and this countdown and oh, going to see. Yeah, and Ooh. Yeah, it got... And I love Amelia Clark, but she just, it just, that didn't work. That was, no, that was Jack Courtney, love him, didn't work. That was bad. None of that worked. Yeah. So we will see. Arnold worked, or Arnold was fine. Oh, Arnold. Arnold knows what he is doing in that yeah. world, at least. Yeah. How much so, did it make globally? Uh, I was trying to pull that up, uh, but it is not being pulled up right now. So we'll get back to that later. Yeah. I got to say, that was one of the cooler, con- so I have not seen the film. You haven't seen the film? No. Okay. I, okay. I feel like I could smell a turd. Company. yeah <laughs> but the rough. idea that he is he had been around and and that explained his aging i thought was it was clever clever can you explain your theory for the closed time loop for terminator oh boy please Ooh. do it's, it's one of my favorite kenyan theories i love it okay let's put it this way Ima- we gotta get close because i don't think we can oh. hear you. imagine a, an unspooling roll of tape okay okay got it the thin part Right. Is, is oh, like that, when you want to like a roll like masking tape and you're just like that one little corner that starts peeling. Uh, well, the part that you would use to apply to whatever you're trying to. Gotcha. To I'm just All right. like, so imagine the timeline was moving along as normal, you know, all the way from say Genghis Khan times. Everything was normal. Okay. Right. Going back to the Huns. Interesting. <laughs> I, I noticed the connection here. Yeah. <laughs> I love history. Okay. Yep. Um, so at some point this stable time loop begins right mm-hmm. but if you think about it john connor may not have been what we saw or sarah connor those those individuals because he did not the terminator did not know what they looked like true right? he so had to he, look, yeah he just went to every sarah connor's house and blew her up and so. he initiated the whole chain of events right okay and so and originally the company that created them, um, Cyberdyne, yeah. mm-hmm. would not necessarily have been the, the company that created Skynet. This is all, once the information comes backwards, right? it can distort the entire thing. So the John Connor may not have even, like the entire story of John Connor could have been completely different, but was altered based on basically imperfect knowledge coming back. Yeah. And then causing this time loop. Because if you come from the future, you would think you would have like, a picture, an eight by ten of the people that you are set to go back and. But he did terminate. have a picture, though. Yeah, so um, Not Kyle Reese did. Kyle, Kyle Reese, Kyle had a Reese did, but yeah. we're in a time loop now, and we have no idea what point we are in this. How many times this time loop has gone around? Interesting. Okay. So eventually, somebody decided to send somebody back with that picture. So, so the real Sarah Connor could have been fourth or fifth on the list. It just so happens that when we the events we saw mm-hmm. was. The that Kyle Reese got to this woman, and 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 started the 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 whole chain of events. They're telling her she's gonna have a son. She's gonna name him John. Mm-hmm. All of that impregnating exactly. her. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He left that part out when he was telling her the story originally. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't know. Uh, he he had no idea. All the records are gone. He has no idea. I I guess, but that is if you know that you if you know that Sarah Connor is going to have a child, a son, and name him John. And then you sleep with that woman. Do you think he's ever had sex before? I don't think so. He, 
So in the future, nobody knows how babies are made? They're probably trying to survive, bro. I don't know if they're out here on Tinder swiping during the (laughs) robot apocalypse. Right. During the laser People look dirty and like, he probably... But with no records, right? For instance, just the assumption that Sarah Connor is in the phone book. Yeah. Right? You know, this is before any of the time travel was invented. You know, John Connor could have had a a mother named Sarah Connor who wasn't in the phone book. Right. Yeah. You know, so... Interesting. I like it. One of my favorite memes is uh, when you see from Terminator 1, and you see Arnold looking at the phone book, mm-hmm. has all the Sarah Connors listed, and one of them looks like a CAPTCHA. This says Sarah Connor, and the letters are all mixed up, and he is confused. <laughs> yeah. That's clever. Uh, Terminator Genesis, I pulled it up. The budget was $155 million, Good job. Realistically, like, that is actually not too crazy for a movie like that. Uh, domestic gross, $89.7 million. <laughs> So it lost a ton of money. Foreign, three hundred and fifty point eight million. Made, made its money. Is this a, is this a World of Warcraft Ooh, sort of situation? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So it made total four hundred and forty yeah. point six. So not a not a flop. Man, that movie is such trash. Not a flop. How do you uh, feel about the idea that the domestic uh, totals are mm-hmm. not really? What's the driving decisions as much anymore? It's it, a global yeah, thing. It, global market. I mean. A lot of it I do not mind. What I think is crazy is when they specifically put in either people or places when they're like, all right, this is going to be playing in China, so we need a Chinese investment company so it can open there, and here is a random Chinese actor, and go. But the same thing happened when we were enjoying our martial arts films in the 70s and 80s. They got to come to New York to get some American company to back them. So then their martial arts film from China can then show in the U.S. It's the same thing. It just reversed and bigger budgets. Return of the Dragon having Chuck Norris. Yeah. When Chuck Norris was coming off of winning world championships. Game of Death having Kareem. Like, yeah. It's, we've seen this before. But just haven't, I, haven't. It hasn't been reversed. From what I understand, one. though, it, it's impacting the the plots, the complexity of the plots, the amount of the dialogue, because they they have to play very much more visually. They're choosing to, yeah, they're, yeah, they're definitely choosing to. Like the third act is somehow in China, right? Like what was that movie that now you see me too? Like bulk of the movies in China, and it makes no sense why. Yeah, they're just in China for the entire like three fourths of the movie. Yeah. So, pretty crazy. It's Uh, not going to stop, by the way. This is going to continue. No, not at all. Uh, The last bit, also tying back into the 80s or 70s, the Halloween reboot Mm -hmm. uh, is is happening. And it comes out actually next year, like early next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bloomhouse is doing it. Good. Which they have a solid record. Uh, Jason Bloom apparently has seen an early draft of it and really likes it. That's take that with a grain of salt, right? Hey, I really like this thing I'm making. <laughs> this <laughs> thing, that, of course, this, you this do. thing that I dumped a bunch of money into. <laughs> of course, you like. But this is not a production where we have heard kind of massive reshoots or anything like this. Like things have just been kind of chugging along in the background. So, how do you guys feel about the the new Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis coming back? I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first slasher films, but also very well done. If you watch it, not a lot of people get killed in this movie. Get him, cuz. Your favorite line from... God, from <laughs> no, that was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a different movie and very bad. Yeah. Have you seen that? What was it? Uh, was the fourth? The Beginning or something or... Oh, so bad. I have a lot of gaps in my movie. Uh, yeah, it, it's really fair bad. Enough. But no, but Halloween, the original Halloween and, and the sequel, the Pixar mm-hmm. afterwards are really great. Um, I, I'm, I'll wait and see. 
Yeah. I don't expect it to be the original. I didn't like the Rob Zombie reboots. They were just no. super violent and dark. And the original Rob was, Zombie. The original like, was I, never that. Yeah. They try to give him a backstory. Uh, no, he just... Like the music was what drove the fear and yeah. tension in the first ones. Rob Zombie was just like, hey, let me slash somebody in half. Yeah, not even the music. It was little stuff. Like there's that scene when he shows up to kill the babysitter lady. And you see him standing at the window. Mm-hmm. She turns and he's not there anymore. And you see the doors open. It's all that little stuff. Where you're yeah. like, oh, I think he's in the room. Um, mm-hmm. e- even when when Jamie Lee Curtis's character goes over and to the house and finds those dead bodies and that whole sequence. Oh, yeah. 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 And he's clearly right behind her going to the house. He's out the window. He's not there anymore. They don't know where he's at. Mm-hmm. Like All that is, is, is very smart. And yep. they were one of the first films to really successfully pull that off. So I hope some of that's in this film. I don't know yep. if it's going to be. I hope, it, I hope it's... How, on a scale of 1 to 10, how invulnerable do you think he is going to be in this one? Oh, he's pure evil, as Dr. Loomis said. So, invulnerable. So, 10? A 10. If there's higher than 10, a 10. He's pure evil. That's how he's described. I want to know who taught him how to drive, though. Okay. Because in the first movie, he's been in a, in, in a facility since he was like 6, 5, or 6. Mm-hmm. He breaks out at like 16, 17. Something like that. How does he know how to drive? He's like whipping that station wagon through Springfield like it's not a... They have TVs. Hat, they, they probably have TVs in the mental institution. But they taught him how to drive. He's in Hattonfield. We like, all learned things from TV growing up. He's in Hattonfield turning corners. He is supernatural, right? Yeah, maybe uh, that's t- it. Yeah. He, he, he became supernatural, yes. Did he become supernatural? Or has he always been supernatural? Because he gets shot off the balcony and then just he gets does. up and walks away. Yeah. He gets burned. He gets up and walks away. Yeah. Yeah. He survives 100 deaths. He does. So maybe that, maybe you're right. Maybe it's supernatural driving ability. If he's pure evil, maybe the devil taught him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there you go. Yeah. There's a great scene where what's the name where Dr. Lumis brings that up in the car, mm-hmm. but who taught him how to drive? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Amazing. So, so, so yeah, I, I'm on board for it. I, I mean, I, I trust Bloomhouse. Yeah. Um, and Danny McBride's writing it, isn't he? I think he had a hand in it. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. like a Danny McBride who's involved in it, which I, which would be funny if Jordan Peele hadn't done get out. So now True. we're like, oh, McBride, well, maybe you can do this. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. So that was the Geek News. Uh, all of the links to to those stories will be in the show notes below. Now for the Getting to Know You, Kendon edition. Ooh, listen. Get to know Kendon. Uh, so you are a local podcaster, of course, made in the 80s. But more so than that, you are also a geek. You have gone to a few of the screenings that Tim and I have, have been to. When did you first know? That you were a geek. When did that Pandora's box open? Oh, man. Um, I didn't have a chance, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you were parents... born in a comic book store. <laughs> that's, a cool, that's a cool origin story. That would be awesome. I was well, born on top of old DC comics, action <laughs> comics. It's even worse than that. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, no. I was were you born, born in a theater where they were showing? Like, just sitting down on a TV watching Doctor Who. Nice. Smart. So, <laughs> never had a chance. No, both of my parents, um, my dad is an engineer and my mother is a nurse, um, but they both, you know, have STEM backgrounds and they liked Star Trek, mm-hmm. Star Wars, yeah. Doctor Who. Um, and so I got really, how do you say, like, inundated molded by that, in, inundated. It soaked all of that in from an extremely young age. Um, yeah. So that's always been a part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um they got me a, uh, you know, those bags that comforters come in. Yeah. Yes. Those zip bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a, a bag of Legos from a. Um, <laughs> That's where that comes that, from. A uh, garage sale. Mm-hmm. So I just had those building and watching Star Trek. Um, 
then Batman came around, mm-hmm. the 1989 Batman, mm-hmm. which led to Batman the Animated Series. Yes. yes. One which, of the greatest shows, animated or not, of all time. Exactly. And that led to a, a lifelong love of Batman, but more specifically, Batman's villains. Yeah. Okay. Um, Joker is amazing, but I also just really love Two Face mm-hmm. and um, Scarecrow, Clayface. Scarecrow, Clayface. Mm-hmm. He should be in one of these movies. Um, and yeah. Mr. Freeze, I think, is a real cool. Um, He's really cool. Well, oh, technically, man, I, I fell right into that. <laughs> wow. I? See, and I was, I was not going to do that one. Clayface technically was in one of the movies, and uh, Batman was it Dark Knight. Uh, dog, like basically the person who became Clayface uh, was in the in the movie. So and they they name check him. So yeah. But what was the first gig thing you sought out on your own? Sought out. You were like, this is something I'm mm-hmm. going. So after as opposed to just sitting down and watching the stuff that it sounds like your parents were already watching. Like what was the thing when you went out that either was it a toy? Like if you were walking through the aisle and you were like, cool, Enterprise. I huh. had a huge. Um, phase in late high school with gundam wing okay yeah um particularly putting together the the models oh you are way more patient than me um yeah i mean i didn't do all the painting and all of mm-hmm. that it's all the years of um, playing legos yeah, yeah basically it was it was a step past that um uh and- gundam is like 10 steps past legos but i mean he's had it he's it's like it's like malcolm gladwell he's the ten thousand hour rule yeah. he's had years of doing this so yeah. this is the natural progression and then another one, I mean, and this one is, is kind of hard to admit on mic. Oh, mm. please do. But yes. a lot of War, Warhammer 40K. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mostly the lore and the video games. Not I tried the tabletop thing, and it was it was a bit much for me. Mm-hmm. But it's a re- like if you allow yourself to go into the deep dive of all of the crazy lore mm-hmm. of Warhammer, it's very entertaining. Okay. okay it takes itself extremely seriously <laughs> it really does yeah i i have friends who have cabinets mm-hmm. full of figures that they have created yeah, i have no idea what this is but sounds intense guys uh think oh i'm trying to think like think of dungeons and dragons but less role-playing more combat based military strategy mm-hmm. uh, like risk uh risk times 50 with a mythological bent to it oh but also guns and yeah. space elves. Yeah. Space elves. Yeah. Sounds Actually, intense. you know, um, the game Starcraft is yeah. very closely based off of it. It's mm-hmm. almost like yep. a, a, a skinning, a reskinning of the whole 40K universe. Wow. Yeah. All right. Nice. Would it? Cool. And then what would you say is your preferred geek avenue? Comics, movies, TV? I know what it is. I know. But I was asking Kendi. I know, I know. I'm going to see if let's, he's going to say Let's see if, if you're right. It's Ooh, should we do like the books? Ma- oh. oh, yeah. You know what? That wasn't what I was going to say. But see, you let him correct. into your head, Kendon. No, it's books. Because we'll, we'll talk about things. <laughs> you just inceptioned you. On the podcast, <laughs> off the podcast. And he always has like a very specific literal reference. Either something he's read, something he's loaned to someone, something that references something we've already seen that's in a book. That's an idea that's very similar. That's sort of always where he goes to for a point okay um yeah so definitely literary i think that's his so outside of tim inceptioning you what would you say <laughs> yeah outside of that what would you i say? was gonna say video games okay um, yes because i love like that i think is the step past playing with toys right yeah that is existing in a universe that you're able to manipulate you're not just watching passively mm-hmm. right 
But Tim, um, having said that, Tim is absolutely correct. Again, something that was implanted in me very young was audiobooks. Back when Love they were on tape, yeah. my mother yeah. uh, was very big. Uh, we have a great library system here in yes. Seattle mm-hmm. slash King County, really King County. Yeah. I grew up um, south of Seattle in a city called Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would just have us at the library all the time. And she would just go through all of these books on tape. And so I would be listening to all the same ones. Um, and that's how I, I mean, I read, but I'll tend to read like physical books, um, right. nonfiction, but I love to hear fiction read to me and given my job, which is laboratory bench scientist mm-hmm. and spending a ton of time just, you know, doing bench work. I have headphones in and I'm listening to a book all the time. So it's such a thing that again, I'm being marinated in mm-hmm. that I, I, I did forget that that is. Yeah. And every single like property, uh, you know, um, I'd say fictional property or, or, or universe or whatever mm-hmm. has has a, an audio book out there. Oh yeah, so, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, do you prefer? So like, did you listen to Harry Potter? Did you read Harry Potter? Listened. Did you, the Stephen Fry version. Is that the original version? Yeah. So Stephen Fry did a version, but they all, like basically I asked because I had listened to a ton of audiobooks also. And you can find like either the UK version or the US version where it will have like the same book, but just different authors reading it like Game of Thrones. After I had oh. read them, Roy Dotrice did the audiobooks, and he just recently passed away actually a few oh, months no. ago. Um, but yeah, like so, so many of those books, even when I'm watching the TV show, I hear his voice. It can be such a shock when a different voice actor yeah. takes over. So he did the first three. Mm-hmm. Roy did. Um and they were amazing. Also, those books I think are superior to the ones that came after. Ooh. But the Hot first, take. <laughs> the first recording of A Feast for Crows mm-hmm. was a different guy. Yeah, that was weird. And it completely threw me. Yeah. And he, I could, he didn't do the voices the same. It was almost like they were different people. Mm-hmm. I feel like you were cheating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then another great series of books um, are is by uh, Joe Abercrombie, um, the first law books. And again, the first three books, which form a trilogy, was read by one person. Mm-hmm. And then the next one or two was another guy. And it's just it's yeah. very throws me for a loop. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, and then with the Made in the 80s podcast, you guys are up to episode like 23, 24. I, I even got it. We, we stopped numbering them and just started naming them. Yeah. So I'm okay. not actually sure. But we've been doing it since September. Yeah, officially. Weekly. Yeah. And we have we missed a week? Have not missed no, a week? I don't think, yeah, yeah, I just don't think so because I'm actually backlogged because uh, I listen to podcasts every day and yeah. a lot of them come out all the time. Yeah, it's gotten real hard. I have, I have 30 on my app now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually think this is a little uh, sacrilegious, but I'm considering going to 1.5 speed. No, I've done not. it. So you will do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that makes sense. Now, when th- Made in the 80s podcast, like what was it about? The podcast that made you be like, okay, we're having these conversations anyway. What was that next step? I mean, I think Tim might have said this is a similar case with you. It was just, just do it. Just do the thing. Just yeah. do it. And, and yep. I love audio content so much mm-hmm. that it was a great idea to want to do it. My wife was like, we should do a po- or you should do a podcast. We should, and, and that really was, you should do a podcast so I can be on it. But I was like, right, <laughs> like you're every bit as capable as I am. And she is, she's yeah. even more organized than I am. That's she why is. she's the host. She's <laughs> very organized. And so that's how it came about. It was just like, and it's so easy. Like there's a lot of things that really the barrier of entry has gotten so 
low. Absolutely. And the actual highest barrier is yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a couple of uh, snowball mics. Yep. And a laptop. And nothing is nothing as crazy as your studio. Yeah, thank you. Um, you have a lot more interesting stuff in your studio, though. Oh well, that's all those Legos and, and 80s. Uh, I was like, yeah, from, from what I've seen, like and when Thundercats I when I see pictures Black of Panther. your studio, I was like, he has a projector screen, some other stuff in there. I was like, all right, yeah, it's pretty intense. Which is you know, so yeah, the the int- the the real uh, impetus for doing it was just like, hey, let's sit and talk. Let's put this on mic mm-hmm. and. Also, if you don't really care how many people are listening to you. Right. Right. Well, I want above 10, you know, but mm-hmm. if, if you don't care about that and you care more about doing the work or doing the product as best as you can, then yeah, just go ahead and do it. Yeah. For me, it's really just having the conversations. Yeah. Like yeah. it's fun to sit and talk with Josh and, and I met Josh through, <laughs> it's funny. I met Josh. I met Josh through Kendon and, uh, and Shalia. It was funny because I was waiting to meet Kendon and Shalia, and there was this woman there. We were just having a conversation. As I, people who know me know, I talk yeah. to strangers um, all the time. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, I'm waiting for my friends too." So we we're just having this conversation. It ended up being Josh's wife. Oh, so nice. when they came out, I was like, "What? You know these people?" Because she like he said something to Kendon. I was like, "How do you know this? How do you know Kendon?" Uh, but Josh is great, man. He's really funny. Um, much funnier than than I remember. Like I met him, it's like, oh, he's funny. Mm-hmm. Then we we sit and we dissect these movies. Like Josh is hilarious. Uh, Shalia has such a kind heart that that comes across when she discusses these movies because mm-hmm. she like sees the better in people. Like we were talking about Black Panther, she's like, why couldn't they just talk it out? Like she sincerely yeah. wanted to know mm-hmm. why T'Challa and Killmonger couldn't just have a conversation. Um, but that's that's what makes her great. Uh, so it's fun just to sit around with, with everyone and just sort of kind of talk about movies and it's even weirder when you dissect these 80s movies because they're really interesting yeah yeah sometimes they don't age well uh, a, lot yeah. of soul man. a lot of times they don't age well but again with <laughs> soul man with soul man they tried something well right when it was made yeah mm, but even with soul true. man as, as we talked about they try to do something interesting yeah yeah they tried mm-hmm. um yeah we were just talking about um i think it drops this week the tron tron one this yes week? so yeah th- the lead character Flynn's not a good guy. No, the original Tron is a tough rewatch. Oh, it is. Who are you telling? Very hard. It to is. Watch. It is hard to get through. If you don't uh, have, I, I'm feeling like if you don't have that feeling from when you were a kid, which mm-hmm. I don't, because it predates me. Right. Like watching with that critical eye, you're like, I mean, I can see one or two things here, but like I had to pause the movie at, at some point and say, I'm gonna come back to this. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is hard. Um. Iconic, couple, but hard. A couple of things I enjoy about Kendon. I think he's he's very much let's see both sides, but not in a negative way. Like sometimes people okay. say, Oh, you're the gotta see both sides guy, but no in a very mm-hmm. critical, like scientific way. Well, what's the other side of this and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And also him and Schlitter got married in a movie theater. And then we watched um Age of Ultron afterwards, which That is pretty dope. Was probably the coolest wedding experience i've ever had it was very very interesting well i mean so i would say my my wife also grew up in hawaii so she wanted to get married on may 1st which is they call it may day is lay day okay um in hawaii you know flower lays or Mm -hmm. whatever so we're sitting you know talking about the wedding and she was like you know saying may 1st and i was like oh um so (laughs) you're like i have plans uh, that day and she said then let's do the wedding around avengers and it's like Yes, that's why you're marrying that's this woman. awesome. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It was fun. It was it was a really cool experience. Stole my idea. But I love them anyway. 
<laughs> there, there is still hope. There's still hope. You yeah. and you and Logan. Can We're gonna get, do it. Me and Logan get married in a movie theater. That'll happen. <gasps> okay. Uh, nice. So yeah. So I definitely wanted to have Kendon on because I've been listening to Made in the '80s since it first started. Because uh, Tim was like, "Hey, I'm on this new thing. Check out the new thing." So yeah, I'm glad that uh, the journey has been going well. Again, when you take those trips down memory lane they they can be rocky <laughs> they can be rocky they can be for sure rocky. something like he-man and the masters of the oh Universe. my god it's not a good show no tim and i were talking about that the other day like when they dropped it on netflix i was hyped and i was like sweet started watching it when i was doing some stuff in the studio just to have on in the background i was yeah. like this is bad <laughs> like, we were just talking about G. remember G. Joe cartoon remember Serpentor? i was not allowed to watch G. Joe. i wasn't either. are you kidding me too many guns yes exactly what? yeah i was not I was not allowed. <laughs> no, I got like one cartoon out of all of them. Yep, you was, could watch G.I. Joe. I was not allowed no. to have toys with guns. My dad is a Vietnam vet. Like, uh, it was like, nah, yeah. not doing that. So like, I couldn't we, watch the Smurfs. My mom said they were demonic. Okay, that makes no sense <laughs> no, whatsoever. No, it does when you watch the it pilot. Gargamel's a witch. He had technically a warlock. A warlock. He, <laughs> used, he, he's using all these spells. Yes, he's trying. He he wants to eat the Smurfs and make Smurf soup. My yes. parents were not in on that. My mom was like, "No, nah, we're not watching this." I watched it anyway. Doesn't that make him demonic and not the Smurfs? The show in general was demonic to her, okay. and we couldn't watch the Smurfs. Interesting. Do you remember Smurfette's original hair color? Yeah, yeah. Well, black. Color. There you go. Nice. I watched it. I clearly watched yeah. the show. Do you remember just, uh, Gargamel's nephew? No. Scruples. That sounds. Did he have those? Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I didn't know you guys couldn't watch GI Joe. Yeah, nope. So my mom, I think, that was thought a hard it was pass. too militaristic. It is. Fair. Yeah, oh, same, same with my dad, because he was like, no. I mean... Do you guys Have you guys ever watched it? Oh, oh, of course I watched it. I actually watched it. You I'm never watched it. I've seen G.I. Joe at the movie. Cause the I watched the animated movie? Yeah. I watched it at a... Well, yeah, and the recent ones. But the animated <laughs> movie I watched at my best friend's house in, like, third or fourth grade. And even I then, I was like, Ugh. like it was just because I'd never seen something uh, like that. So yeah, I know he had uh, all the toys. Because like growing up, like we, like we shot real guns. Like we would go out to the shooting range, we would do stuff like that. But when it came to glorifying violence, granted, you watch it now, and they're shooting lasers, yeah. that never hit each other. And right. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, so I, I definitely. Yeah, we were talking about, about the whole Serpentor thing, how they created him because it was like the Hit DNA Hitler of all these. No, no, no. That, that was so specific that we were saying. I don't think you can't say what you call the H word. You can't say the H word. Kids cartoon. No, oh. but it was like Genghis Khan and all these other people. Yeah. yeah. So a bit of an anecdote, though, we were talking about uh, Batman the animated series. Yes. Um, I believe if I have this correctly. That was the first cartoon where they were able to use real bullets again. For a long mm. time, it was like you said, lasers or something. lasers yeah. or whatever. And Batman had such that gritty feeling, and they were using you know guns shooting real bullets. Interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I've not heard of that, but yeah. that would be interesting sounds, to kind of dive into. So cool. Uh, to the matter at hand, the science fiction or science fact part of the episode because we have a scientist and molecular cellular biologist uh, in the building, in the studio. So we're going to go over a few movies and at the end of it, determine if they're science fiction or science fact. Uh, they are in no particular order. They were basically just ones that I was thinking of at mm -hmm. the time and that would okay. randomly connect. So with the, with the caveat that I'm not going to Neil deGrasse Tyson, you guys. No, you're not going to do that. <laughs> we appreciate that. So I'll be, I'll be speaking to what I see when I see the movies mm -hmm. and how they affected me. Yeah. Wait, is, is A Quiet Place on the list? 
No. I think it should be. Huh? Oh, you think it no, should cause, be? No, because we cause we saw it together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And afterwards, we had a real discussion about the science of the movie. Yeah, so you, do you want to run down the list of movies we're talking about yeah. first? So the movies we're going to be talking about that are on the list currently. Yeah. Gattaca okay. from 97. Life from 2017. Jurassic Park, 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Matrix, 2001. Was it, what was the first one? Two. Uh, 99. 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, 28 Days Later slash I Am Legend. I will mm-hmm. go into why I kind of grouped those together when we okay. get to it. Uh, and then Planet of the Apes. The oh. new Planet of the Apes because it actually goes into a little bit of science, not the old ones where it was just, hey, who knows what was happening. Yeah. yeah. Evolution. It was weird. So those are the ones that we are going to be talking about. Uh, maybe, we, yeah, we can talk a little bit about Quiet Place. No, it's, it's not, we're not spoiling the movie, but you had something you, you said that I thought was interesting. Do you want to go over that first? Sure. All right. Um, what you got for A Quiet Place in theaters now? In theaters now. As long as it is not spoiling anything. Okay. So I don't think this spoils anything because no. they are very open with you seeing the creature. Okay. The creature is very, like, from, from early on in the movie. Yeah. Well, you see it quickly, but you yeah. really, like, you fully see it third act. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So this creature, he like, it, it completely seems to operate by sound. Yes, and it looks very much like a bat. Has some, has some similar features. I mean, yeah, kind of sp- had some has some stuff that spreads out. That, that but could, even the arms, the way it moves, looks like a bat without without say the, say the arms didn't have the leathery wings part. Okay, and I, I feel like that was an inspiration for this creature. Um, so my main thing was this is an. A creature. Okay, first of all, I think I was listening to your episode from a week or so ago, and you, you were saying you had a friend who wanted to know if it was a demon or not. Yeah, uh, yeah. The artist uh, with that print behind you, uh, Era. Yeah, she hit me up and she was like, "Is it a demon?" I was like, "No," because we just do not know for sure. And she's like, "Cool, I'm down with it as long as it is not a demon. If it is an alien monster, cool, whatever." So that's one of the first things when I'm watching a movie like this, mm-hmm. where I'm like, "Okay, can I even?" consider this in a scientific way because if these are demons or if these are something supernatural of that right. nature maybe all of this is thrown out the window fair yeah but when you start to deconstruct a monster like this that works so much off of sound mm-hmm. then certain things start to you start to think like well why this why that mm-hmm. um so in the case of this creature when it, it hears a sound it goes straight for whatever it hears mm-hmm. why does it always find what made that noise I know it, it finds mm. very, very easily we'll find. And we're basically coming to the point of a bat uses echolocation, right? Right. But why does like this creature should be able then to see things that aren't moving very quickly or, or that aren't moving at all. So there's several times where a character is able to survive by standing still. I think one of the reasons is that bats at least are creating a sound and bouncing it off of something and listening to the vibrations that it receives and determining it from there. These creatures, as far as we could tell, are not creating a sound to bounce it off. They're merely listening to what is going on and determining their environment from that. But how do they see? Yeah. They don't need to necessarily see. I mean, they, they, go they up walk down, up and down stairs. They, they literally walk up and down stairs. Naked out. mole rats. Like, there are blind creatures on the planet that navigate the world. But, so, the mole rats are digging through a substrate, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how, and they see or whatever by, they have, uh, if I remember like protrusions coming out of the side of their nose, they're feeling some around, right? Right. So these creatures are able to navigate what you would call a complex environment. The Sta- woods, yeah, stairs for sure. Stairs, yeah. doorways, houses, <laughs> doorways and stuff, which, I mean, you cannot 
do just by sound unless you're bouncing a sound off of something and yep. it's giving you some idea of the the formation of the space that you're in mm -hmm. and the, they they don't seem to use that to also see their prey interesting so okay and then on top of that something that's able to hear that well mm -hmm. is it not able to hear breathing heartbeats yeah heartbeat and like, that, i guarantee you a dog standing as close as sometimes this creature gets to the characters should hear them breathing mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so there was think that uh, i immediately start to, to deconstruct these things as i'm watching and i'm like okay well if you're if you're telling me this is the nature of the creature mm -hmm. then you should be able to extrapolate some things right and then that kind of will will detract a bit. Like I loved the way the movie was made. I thought mm -hmm. the creature was real cool. But then all of a sudden it's like, well, okay, then how are these people surviving based on yeah. this? Well, that? my my big thing with that, and I will not go too much into it because it definitely would be spoilery, is if the weakness is what we see in the third act, mm -hmm. we have, like, I say we as in the government and other people, like, there are weapons that produce sound. We talked about this earlier. Now, like we yeah. have, we have had those for a long time. So either the infrastructure is no longer there for these weapons to be produced or something. But if if we know that a creature in a real world context can hear us, mm -hmm. and in the movie they do a fantastic job. I mean, I've gone off about the sound design a bunch, but like if you if there's another noise in the area that is louder. You know, it gives you some freedom to right. do something. So it, that that was a kind of a weird thing that is like, then create noise, then have some sort of sound cannons or have something like that. So, and are they not attacking each other constantly? Because they make a ton of noise. They do, but I mean, they can probably determine what their own is, or mm, yeah, who knows? Yeah, maybe they smell. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. So they have okay. a lot of teeth. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that creature. Wait, wait, when we talked about it afterwards, you said like it would make sense of this whole thing happened very quickly after they arrived. Yeah, I yeah. really felt like I felt a lot of signs in this movie, which is a movie I really yeah. loved when it came out, and I think I really do too. So this movie takes place over a, well over a year. Little, yeah, four hundred and something days or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. So I think that it would have benefited from taking place over a week or two before you would think people were really understanding how to deal with mm -hmm. these creatures because it's a pretty obvious way to deal with these creatures just like you said right. yeah but so. i mean they also they denied this uh in some talks but there were rumors or whatever that this was supposed to tie into the cloverfield universe no. oh man no it wasn't. maybe they're just saying that because they just want the cloverfield universe to make sense right now it um, does make sense I started 10 Cloverfield. No, no. Um, Cloverfield Paradox. Paradox. Yeah, last night. Mm -hmm. um, I got tired, but I plan on finishing it. But that that movie, it was better, th <laughs> it's, as far as I saw, is better than Life, which I also watched. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that Are we going to start yeah. with Life? Uh, we'll start with Gattaca. <laughs> Gattaca. Uh, yeah. Life. So instead of Life, mm -hmm. we will be first talking about Gattaca, the movie from 1997 in a dystopian future uh your maybe not dystopian your life is basically determined by your genetics yes and if you if you are determined to not be what they want well things are going to go rough for you 
Yeah, this is a weird mix of a dystopian future with a utopian future. Yeah, because it is utopian for some people. Yeah. Like, if you have the right genetic code or genetic markers, like, you're good. So if you're Beyonce, you're fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you don't know, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only a few people actually know kind of what it all means. Who's, who's this? Yeah, you mean think... Well, so it's... Uh, Ethan, Ethan Hawke, Hawk, Uma Thurman, um, and Jude Law. Right. Right, and if you were to just look at Ethan Hawke, you might say, hey, yeah, his genes are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a kind of a, a scary thing. So this will often surprise people, but this is probably my favorite movie. Wow. Really? Like, top favorite movie. No really? Mm-hmm. I'd know it. Like, when I was putting this together, I did not know that. Um, Interesting. Why? Like, why? See? <laughs> yeah, I, I am fascinated now. The concept is incredible. The execution, I really like the smoothness of the world. It's a very unified uh, design. Um that all kind of works together to tell this story. Okay. Now, another movie that's fairly recent, uh, Rival. Yes. Might also be up there, but it just hasn't been out long enough that I've watched it enough. Um, Gattaca is much more of a formative movie for me, Mm -hmm. considering it. 1997. Yeah. yeah, So I would have been just entering high school. Mm -hmm. Nice. um, yeah, I just it, it's an amazing movie, and um, it kind of the only thing is it kind of contrasts with my optimism. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> except for that, like if you add in the actual story that Ethan Hawke goes through, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's incredible. The music is incredible. That final scene. I don't cry in many movies, but mm-hmm. this one will bring me close. When they like when they're actually swimming, or that's an amazing okay. part too. But no, this is when he's f- he's flying. He 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 can spoil this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. He manages to to get through the um, the investigation and the trials. Oh, that actually, are that are put up against not not an actual trial, but you know the right. difficulties. And he gets to take this. He gets to go on the the planned trip to to Titan, mm-hmm. which is one of the moons of Saturn, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah. But um, again, and we forgot to say that the reason that the, the science behind this, you know, other than the genetic marking and everything, is Ethan Hawke wants to and is in the process of taking the place, essentially, of Jude Law's character. Sort of. Sort of. Okay, so. This is like you said. This is a world where there are o- there are almost no natural births. Right. The standard thing to do is go to your local geneticist, yeah. right, and and take your your DNA or he will take your genetic codes and and put them together in such a way that all of the undesirable traits are weeded out. Mm-hmm. So um, I always liked, and my mom pointed this out way back. Um, Oh, I'm losing the Blair Underwood. Yeah. Okay. Um, plays that geneticist. And she's like, it's very cool that it was a black man who is the one helping this white couple create the perfect child. Mm-hmm. Right. And this perfect child is actually the younger brother of Vincent, um, Vincent Anton, I think, because his dad right at the last minute decides he doesn't want him to have his whole name because he's not a perfect child. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And so, your future in this, you, you know, your future prospects are completely based on whether or not you have the right genes or not. Mm-hmm. You're either a valid or an invalid, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I think that goes with an invalid. Yeah. kind of the way. And that's the way that you're looked at is a, like all of a sudden being able to go to preschool is a problem because 
they don't want to take an insurance risk even on you, <laughs> right? right? And technically, it's illegal for, to be screened like for jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And but if you don't want to uh, willingly give a sample, mm-hmm. things like, like licking mm. an envelope. No, no, things like licking yeah. an envelope or a handshake or all these. Other, there is ways for them to get that information from you, right? Um, already, if you don't want to give it, you're going to be suspect. Yeah. So basically, that, he that is, would be like somebody nowadays. They're like, all right, you just need to take a mandatory drug test. They're like, do I have to take the <laughs> yeah. drug test? Like yeah. immediately you're going to be like, and failed the drug test. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and, and his character has a dream. Mm-hmm. He is clearly a very talented person um, who's fascinated in astronomy. Yeah. And wants to be an astronaut. But at birth, they are able to, to read off the percent likelihood of a whole list of ailments mm-hmm. and he is given a 98 or a 99 percent chance of early heart failure and death yeah and the question and it's interesting that it's given in percentages mm-hmm. at what point should you be able to make decisions off of percentages mm-hmm. like at some point his his parent he he is okay so to finish the the, the kind of the plot of the movie mm-hmm. he decides that he wants this so bad that he is going to become what's called a borrowed ladder right and so he's going to find somebody who is willing in order to uh, almost basically financially give him his identity. Mm-hmm. And he goes with Jerome Morrow, played by Jude Law, mm-hmm. somebody with perfect, impeccable um, genetic code, who came in second in, uh, I think he was an Olympian s- swimmer. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that was such a devastating thing to him. That he chose to to walk out in front of a car, and his le- he becomes uh, you know um, a paraplegic. Mm-hmm. He's has no use for his leg or has no use of his legs, and so, but he wants to continue to live in the sort of lifestyle that somebody like him has had. So he basically is giving his he is allowing his identity to be assumed by uh, Vincent, mm-hmm. and so a borrowed ladder is kind of a nice. Um, Parallel because because DNA looks like a ladder mm-hmm. molecularly, um, and so that is is kind of the overall idea. He wants to go to work for a company called Gattaca, which is a company that is sending manned um, space missions all over the solar system. And in order to even be considered, he needs to have that perfect the top profile. of the top. Mm-hmm. And I love the meticulous nature. Of, of what it takes for him to, he's got, he has to collect urine samples, blood for transfusion, blood fran- yeah. transfusion. He has fake, um, he has like a fake finger, uh, pad put over because they, w- when you walk into a building, you put, put into the building for security purposes, mm-hmm. you put your finger down and it'll immediately read your genetic code and say whether or not you're valid or invalid. Mm-hmm. Um, now all of this sounds very terrible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so far, <laughs> but I think the fact that he is able to to persevere through this whole thing is very much an uplifting story. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, the science of it is just cool, and it, it and the whole idea that you can improve humanity by taking away some of the things that are clearly negative, like cystic fibrosis and some other, but. You know, the the older I get, I do have to, when I look at the movie, see that yes, that is going to be much more uh, applied 
to the wealthy or the already yeah. well off mm-hmm. yeah. immediately but immediately. you know as a younger like when i was younger and, and really looking at the world is like yes but there's so much good that can be For done sure. with this als would be gone you know things like mm-hmm. yeah but then you you really so the, the thing about science movies like i said i'm not I, i'm not gonna neil degrasse tyson things Mm -hmm. it's really more about what feelings what ideas does this spring for your mind Mm -hmm. and for instance my brother-in-law his mother is a genetic counselor like a pediatric sort of genetic counselor and we talked about think of the concept of for instance down syndrome Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who have down syndrome children and and it can be difficult to deal with right but love them and they bring so much joy into their life Right. Absolutely. But if you are at the point where you're screening things so specifically, is any would you can you imagine if people would or would not choose to have a down syndrome child if they have that level of control? If they're at a point where they can check boxes and yes. I want brown hair, I want blue eyes, I want this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Do not want this, this, this. I mean, it it is a real slippery slope. And exactly. like you said, like the wealthy mm-hmm absolutely would be they would not even tell people about it for the first like 10 years so conceptually the idea that you would be breeding a sort of person out yeah is a very very prickly subject very i mean that's eugenics yeah pretty much right um so it's those ideas i think are so valuable in the movies that i enjoy most Mm -hmm. is that it gets you thinking about that sort of thing whether or not you have the answer or not right um, and in general, the science behind that particular movie, it, since it's very <coughs> narrowly focused on something, is very plausible. Okay. Almost all aspects of it. One that's a little hard to believe is the speed by which they're able to read the whole right. code. Like, if every day you're walking into work and you, you press your finger down, it, it works as quickly as RFID, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. That's a little out there. Um but now yeah, I think it comes across it, it. You know, I was checking in to make sure reading some articles still, mm-hmm. and it, it, it holds up. And it kind of sounds like uh, China might be doing oh, something no. similar oh, to this. Th- well, that's a crazy social uh, media sort of, uh, it's like that black mirror episode yeah. Yeah, where your rated, your social media rating mm-hmm. affects your everything. Ability to do Travel. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that sounds terrifying. Oh yeah, for sure. So with Gattaca, Kind of based on what we have now, the technologies we have now, and the technologies that you could, you know, foresee kind of in that field, science fiction or science fact? I'd say it could be science fact in our in our lifetime. In our lifetime? I would think that so. That's terrifying. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we're already doing it. Yeah. To, yeah, to a certain degree. There are several diseases that are, are able to be, you know, screened out now. Um, we don't, I don't think we have the ability to look at every single gene the way that they're able to do there. Um, and there's one other one that kind of, um, I'm not really sure we have the ability for, which is at one point, a really cool point, they go to a piano, piano concert Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the pianist throws the glove to Uma Thurman and it has six fingers on it. And she's like, I didn't, you know, that piece can only be paid played with six fingers ah. and that is an example of adding as opposed to right. subtracting and so that one i think is a little more f- further out there but um in the fields of genetics and uh 
like developmental uh, biology, there's uh, a fruit fly called Drosophila, which is one of the uh, model, uh, they call them model animals, right? Okay. Um, that a lot of experimentation is done on. And mm -hmm. they have been able to find the genes where they could place a limb on another part Ooh. of the animal. So, you know, we're more complex. A little bit, yes. But time, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, science fact for, for Gattaca. Uh, moving on to life from <laughs> 2017. Yeah. That movie made no sense to me. Starring. You just, you just watched this. Yes. Uh, had you seen it before? No. Okay. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, uh, a bunch of other people. Those were the two big stars. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, of course. Right. <sighs> Takes place uh, aboard a space station. Not a space station. The, or, the International, the International space, station. space Station. Um, They come in contact with uh, they they bring some organisms onto the space station to study that they found from mars at mars, so, mars yeah, yeah. they're bringing back a soil sample from mars not knowing whether that this is the first i believe the first soil sample they're able to bring back and they want to know if there if there's any signs of life and they find right. a single-celled organism yeah yeah so of course they start messing with it as scientists are wont to do well uh, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, what was crazy about me watching this, so they find this single cell organism, they start, you know, tweaking the atmosphere, the temperature to try and awaken this single cell organism. Mm -hmm. What? What? That makes no sense to me. That, that movie came, <laughs> brought to mind a term that I was just thinking, I was calling it cowboy science. Okay. It made no sense to me. the the <laughs> whole pro The whole process after it got on board mm -hmm. made no sense to me. Yeah. It was very unrigorous science, and one of the main things that was bothering me is science is an extremely collaborative, mm -hmm. and not just one dude in a locked room by himself with no. Yeah, I mean the the ISS is in constant communication, right? With you know, it, it's, it's, I think 250 miles up, which is a pretty low orbit mm -hmm. and surrounded by, I mean, so there's a ton of, um, communication satellites, right? This guy, if this happened would be in constant, like communication with a whole, the other thing is that, you know, a lot of movies simplify out that even the smartest people are not an expert in all fields that are right. relevant mm -hmm. and the speed by which he is trying to bring this thing to life or, you know, unhibernated. Right. Right. Is super ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe that they would probably go months, years of just the chemistry and biochemistry yeah. of the outside, taking tiny samples or all of this. And this guy just decides he's, he's he has no instruction mm -hmm. from anybody. So <laughs> this entire thing was ridiculous. To and me. in 60 seconds, he figures out. Okay, well, maybe if I tweak the atmosphere to replicate Earth in a protozoic period, it was like, oh, okay, you can just do that? No. Right. We and didn't find these creatures <laughs> on Earth, so why no. are you assuming it's 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 so many bad assumptions right. that were, was bothering me at every single turn? Now, as someone in the field, if you are following this guy's methodology and this thing in a Petri dish starts growing appendages and waving around... Is your first instinct to touch it? No. Okay. That, like, <laughs> I were watching this, like, in the theater being like, um, if I see something from a Petri dish reaching towards me 
and then kind of like doing a wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man thing, (laughs) I am going to be like, yeah, we need to jettison this thing. We need to get it out of here. Burn it and shoot Um, out in space. (laughs) Although the fact that they're in like such low earth orbit, I don't know how easily they could have. Yeah. Which was a whole stupid ending to that movie as well. But I mean, I imagine you wouldn't even be using your hands. Right. Right. You would, I mean, something I would say closer to like laparoscopic surgery where you are, you, you are manipulating some sort of machinery, machinery or Mm -hmm. mechanical arms. Like, but it made for a fun scene where someone gets their hand broken and uh, twisted around. uh, I, I, I (laughs) made for a fun sequence. Yeah. But like that just from, from even a non-scientist point of view, I'm like, why are, why are you touching this thing? A movie that is not on the list that I was going to put on the list is alien or aliens or any of them. It is the same thing where if I see an egg type pod split open with some goo, my first reaction is not to go look directly into that. Mm -hmm. Like we see in every alien movie. Well, and I think that part of what the problem to me is, is it makes scientists look dumb and untrustworthy. They're supposed to be smart. (laughs) Right. I mean, Prometheus, don't get me started. <laughs> right. Jessica's um, favorite movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. She loves that movie. Uh, that is lies, by the <laughs> way. Kenny got real worried just for a she second. She loves Prometheus. Um, so just the, the general, like, almost everything in science takes a lot of time. Right. It takes a lot of interdisciplinary cooperation, mm-hmm. thoughtfulness, um, and this movie showed none of that. And like, is it even, a complete would it even, lack of communication, I feel like. Would, would it even be feasible to, if, say, we do get a sample from Mars, or not even just Mars, not to be even specific, from space. Mm-hmm. We get a sample from space that has a single cell organism in it. Bringing it out of hibernation or life, or like bring it back to life, how would that even work? Like, how does that even... Sounds dangerous. It sounds ridiculous. So one thing that they didn't really go into, and I read this quite a while back, but so I don't have all the details, but mm-hmm. NASA slash the UN, I believe, have extremely like detailed protocols when it comes to um, biocontamination from, from space. And it's actually a... Weird. Ima- imagine that. Yeah. Safety precautions. And it's actually a two-way process because they're just as concerned with us introducing something to an alien environment for a ton of reasons. I mean... We have so many examples of introduced species, Ugh, yeah, you know, running amok. Like Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> the things that you should bring to the middle of Chicago yeah. for no apparent reason. No apparent reason. Just monsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there are. There are so many guidelines. And there's a character in the movie who's specifically <laughs> about uh, keeping up, uh, I think she calls them firewalls. There's mm-hmm. right. two, three, at least three levels of firewalls yeah. that... Ryan Reynolds just does not give. Nope. No. And he's just like, ah, oh, <laughs> screw it. I want to go and save this one guy. But he's not like the people who go up there have to be thinking about humanity. Like, I believe those are the type yeah. of people <laughs> you even send up there. So saving your friend versus saving all of your family and friends down, like the billions of people on earth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and so there's so much more about the, 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 functioning of the ISS that um, I was reading about how inaccurate this movie is. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> right. We end up with a creature that is oh, violently aggressive, mm-hmm. like 
unreasonably aggressive, doesn't seem to have any real purpose other than Mm -hmm. just be violent. And now when we're talking about alien creatures, we can say that the one thing about an alien creature is alien to us. We don't know its motivation. We don't know this or that. But at some point, it it stretches credulity that something like this is attacking everything it sees. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, apparently it's it, they say it's so intelligent because every single cell is a muscle cell, Which an made eye no cell, and a um, a nerve cell. So it's all a brain, it's all a muscle, and it's an, it's all an eye at the same time. Which makes also makes no sense to me <laughs> because the entire purpose, as far as all or like all life that we see here, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to become multicellular. It's largely so that you can specialize. You can have specialized processes happening right. in different places. So if you're having them all go at the same time, I makes don't know. no sense. <laughs> it kind of reminds me actually of these um, what do you call it? These creatures in Halo, where it's like a bunch of individual worms that all mm-hmm. get together and make one big. They're called the Hunters. You oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a similar. But that even was in those, the later ones. Uh, no, that was in the first one. In the first one, yeah, it's crazy because they were big, tough, and it turned out if you if you shot them once in the pistol in the back, they would go down. Well, that was when the pistol was yeah it had a scope on it, and it was like, mm-hmm. what pistol has a scope where I can shoot somebody half a mile away? Um, yeah, they, they I fixed think that Mallory the... Archer has something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so with with life, final verdict: science fict, sci- wow, science fiction or science fact? God, it's, it's so much fiction. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost painful. Wow. Yeah, th- this one. It was a weird one to kind of, and then when I was rewatching parts of it today, just kind of remind myself, I was like, I just do not see anybody in the science field doing things that he did. No. And he had one person in one room and like they have a locked room just in case something happens, but you still only have one person there and no real security measures. In this case, like a vent or something. You know, in contrast, um, I really liked the scientist on, um, Oh, interstellar i felt okay. like he was a much better um now like i said neil degrasse tyson might be <laughs> texting right me, but i think the, the the overall uh portrayal of that guy was a lot gotcha. better okay nice moving on to another movie that shaped my youth mm-hmm. and adolescence because i have always loved dinosaurs i always will love dinosaurs i have dinosaur toys i like oh, I, I didn't I, know that I know, right? Weird. Aaron Hunley, I didn't know, loves dinosaurs. Oh, weird. She okay. told me that, that she loves, she has a bunch of stuffed dinosaurs at her desk and loves dinosaurs and loves Jurassic yeah. Park. I have drawings that I have wanted for dinosaur tattoos that I will probably get at some point. A dinosaur tattoo? Yeah. A oh. skull, like, uh, I want to fossilize, well, of course fossilize, but uh, Triceratops. I saw some really cool artistic designs for that. Um, and yeah, Triceratops was awesome. And it was a herbivore. Anyway, uh, so Jurassic Park. 1993 everybody knows the plot of this movie uh but for people who do not they extract dna from a mosquito who had bitten the dinosaur and had some of its dna in it from there they create dinosaurs (laughs) so yeah um as a kid who cares i was all on board for this i was like sure yeah that makes sense i watched this last weekend by the way the original yeah the opening is violent the guy gets yeah. murdered. I forgot yeah. it opens with the murder. Shoot. Huh. Yeah. It's a very effective opening. Yeah. yeah. I forgot it opened like that. I watched like, it. Ugh. The last time I watched it was at uh, Seattle Center IMAX when they oh, released wow. it in 3D uh, like three years ago. Wow. Dope. Yeah. Like that was. It's still, whole, it's still a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Still really solid. 
So when it comes to the science of this, when it comes to reverse engineering something from another creature, and they say, I mean, that we used amphibian DNA because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. Uh, That's where it falls apart. Okay. Okay. Our ability to construct an animal, I think that could be science fact in the future, near, mm-hmm. or, near or far future. But the decision to use an animal that is so far removed mm-hmm. did not make sense. Okay. So if you were to, to look, like complete the DNA code, right? right. If you were to right. look at the tree of, of evolution or re- really related creatures, mm-hmm. um, amphibians are right after fish, right? Okay. You have reptiles, you have birds. They even call out birds as the modern um, ancestor or, or right. relative of dinosaurs. So the choice to use amphibians seemed to make no sense. And that's my real, that, that's the real thing that I, I think of w- from that movie. Because it was, I loved that movie when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. And it was another one of those formative movies. It's like, oh, wow. Like, it was at a time Science where cool. we were like, yeah. DNA can just do anything. Yeah. We're going to be able to just, and a lot of the 80s seemed to be about computers. Yeah. Like computers yeah. are going to be able to do whatever, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Um, DNA. Yeah. OJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think this was around, because 93, I forget what year it was, but that was around the time that, they cloned the first sheep, Dolly. Yeah, what were you? Um, I forget, but I feel like it was right around there. So yeah, the ninety DNA was hot in the nineties. Who would you clone if you had a chance to clone somebody? Uh, a person. I clone people. Yeah, you guys are no know. fun. Okay, who would it be? Logan? Nah. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Okay, somebody. Hmm. We'll go out on a limb here. Okay. Aaliyah. Oh, Ooh. bring her back. Yeah, you're bringing back dead people. Like no, that. you're not though, right? No. You're bringing I, back a new... That's the thing about yeah. clones, right? Because the closest thing we have to clones are identical twins, mm-hmm. and they're not the same person. Yeah. yeah. Because well, everything even, that influences you from the moment that you're one cell... What if it's a pet cemetery situation where there's like an evil Leah and she's like murdering people? That's why my first answer was... I, <laughs> I was like, that was but, why none of us were answering that question. But those dance moves, though. Yeah. Dude, Aaliyah, like I was just listening to Aaliyah the other day, and it was like... Man, like she, she was doing so many amazing things. Granted, Queen of the Damned is a terrible movie, yeah. <laughs> but like she was trying, she was doing other stuff and she was able to do them. Like Romeo Must Die is still an awesome movie. It's a yeah. Movie. I, re- I remember loving that movie. Um, what was that like 2000? Yeah. Yeah. Cause she died in 2001. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, so I, I'm not cloning anybody because just like with, uh, who is a woman recently? Uh, who has a clone of her dog that she has cloned some celebrity. I forget her name, uh, older actress. She has cloned her dog like four or five times after it gets old and dies. And like, that is no longer that original dog. It was not the original dog. The second time you did it, like you are cloning the physical being the Mm -hmm. dog, but it is not fluffy. Like it less of a problem with that though. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's, I mean, you also breed dogs. You do a lot of things True. with dogs that you, we do not find appropriate to do with human beings. Like rub their face in. Poop. Now, people do that. Here's yeah. maybe a more controversial, like if I were to want to clone, mm-hmm. it would probably be myself. Of course it, it would be. But hold on. <laughs> because, and this is, I'm sure oh, there's been movies about this. Mm-hmm replacement body parts yeah yeah for sure right and so where is the line on that like if you can clone say a brain dead copy of your body 
Let the island. Let that movie the island. That that's what or uh, altered carbon, the yeah. new TV show on Netflix. Yeah, which I made it all, all the way through. It was okay. It was, it was not. It was. Not I like the concept. The concept was, good, but it was that same thing. It was like if you have enough money, you can have a bunch of clones. As soon as you, yeah, I want to get some Momoa sleeve. I can just live in your stack. Gets See, back going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going crazy in a Momoa sleeve. But I mean, as a yeah, replacement a, body parts like that. Again, we look at the benevolent side of science being like, oh, somebody needs a kidney transplant. Exactly. How about we grow yeah. a kidney based on this person's genetic code? Boom, give us two weeks in a microwave. We got it. Yeah. As opposed to all of the all ways. All the dirty stuff that comes with <laughs> well, or, or meat, right? Yeah. What if you could you could grow cows? Well, they already are. Well, they're, they're actually growing. Um, so a few different things are genetically modifying meat. So they're taking cells from a cow and they're creating, and they've already done this. Like this is, you can now get this. They can make a steak from just the cells of that cow. So that cow is, that, that cow is not dying. They're just taking some of the cells and creating this mock meat that is actually meat, not like vegan meat or it. Like it is still meat from that super weird, but like a so quarter depending pound. On the vegetarian you are, is that okay? No, because it is still meat. But yeah, like uh, no animal is dying. But yeah, it is super well, weird. My wife will uh, eat fish, but she mm-hmm. will not eat any land animals because she thinks they're cute. Valid, right? <laughs> so it's hundred percent. If true. you take away the cute factor, yeah. you know, or, or, or the idea that you are taking a life, mm-hmm. or are you taking a life? Yeah. Well, another thing is like a quarter pound burger of that meat is like a thousand dollars. You know, so might, but though. but at the same time, like I mean, that this <laughs> what a slight what about a slider. Hundred dollar sliders. Can I get a a ten piece chicken nugget size? You know, so I mean that technology is already kind of there, but this growing dinosaurs from DNA found inside of a mosquito trapped in amber using amphibian DNA. I believe it could happen. But the thing that got me the most was like this idea that they would grow the same in a different environment. Right. Yeah. Like we we imagine that if we if we clone them. And we put them in the world today that they would grow the same. The oxygen well, our, is yeah, different. Say, our the nitrogen <laughs> content is very is, is very different from yeah. that time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that That is weird. So Jurassic Park, as much as we love it, science fiction or science fact? I'd say fiction. Yeah. With <sighs> some, some potential fact in the future. Would you go to Jurassic Park if it actually existed? Yeah. 100%. Oh, hell no. Hundred percent. I wouldn't be the first person there. <laughs> <laughs> you go. You you be you part of Jurassic World where stuff goes. I would not. I would not be these years later. Yeah, I would yes. not be these dum dums who gonna, are like. You're gonna die of something. Yeah. Might as well get eaten by. Uh, what was uh, the the the, the, the chameleon raptor? Yeah, velociraptor. Oh, oh no. man. No, no. The, oh, the, on Jurassic World, the uh, uh, super. Oh, it was a name. Something ridiculous, but yeah, it was. So this is chameleon. more poor science was, uh, decision making here. Oh yeah. Like, well, do we need an ultimate predator? Do we? Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. No. But uh, they did have one line that I feel like was a cool kind of redemption of, because the current now theory for um, dinosaurs is that they had feathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is it B.D. Wong? Yeah. Who yeah. plays the scientist? He's like, hey, you, you paid us. Yeah. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like the one character. He, he, he mm-hmm. is the bridge that is linking all of these movies. Yeah. And he's like, you, you paid us to create a certain thing. And if we were to create what these really were in the wild, it would look very different. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a nod towards the, the fact that 
our understanding of what these creatures may have been has really changed. For sure. One plus velociraptors were not that were not big. that tall. Utah raptors were that big, but velociraptors were not. And so I love that movie, but as I get older, I'm like mm, this and this and this. But and a convenient plot device of uh, the T Rex's sight was based on vi- was was yeah. based on movement. Movement. Yeah. It's like sure, sure it was. We have no idea. No. Uh, cool. I don't. Want, I don't yeah, want to where would out. you even get that idea? Right. Uh, so moving on to another movie, very formative. Uh, this movie I saw in the theater like three times, blew my mind. This was one of the first DVDs that I ever actually saw. Mm-hmm. Like I physically held in my hand. 1999, The Matrix. Mm. So this obviously, the science behind this is that in this future, uh, computers have basically just made us into batteries. Mm-hmm. Kendon? <laughs> we just talked about this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that doesn't make any sense. Right. At all. Um, I don't know why you would do that. Um, human bodies are not efficient users of of energy, so why would you store energy in us? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know all the science behind it. I remember reading a few articles about that years ago. But what's interesting to me is that that was not the original idea. Really? The original do idea. Do tell is very similar to, and I'm going to do that literary yeah. thing we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a science fiction series called um, Hyperion. In particular, okay. um, the first two books are Hyperion and Fall of Hyperion. And one of the major plot points of the book, it turns out, is that humanity had created AI, and the AI have gotten so advanced that they're their own like sort of side hmm. part of the civilization. Just like every time anybody creates AI. Mm-hmm. Sort of, but not <sighs> as bad. Looking at you, Boston Dynamics. Yeah. Creating those oh, ro- big dog. Dude. Mm-mm. Every time they release a new video and I'm like, you're creating a robot overlords. Yeah. Like why? Like it, mm-hmm. one of them, like they can do a backflip and I'm like, you see them shooting guns. Yeah. Yeah. Opening doors. You're like, creating the Terminator. <laughs> you are. That seems really dumb. And you look at the guys creating it. And they're just like, just com- so cool. Computer like, nerd, you know, type. Not, and they're like, Mm-mm. Yeah. although the funniest video is uh, the overdub of the robot swearing. I will show it to you. It oh, is really funny. amazing. Uh, Cause it basically shows like the regular Boston dynamics guys just messing with this poor robot. It is incredible. Oh, I've seen that. Is that no, they keep that. pushing it over? Yeah, yeah, they keep pushing it over. Like they have the hockey stick that mm-hmm. like, keeps pushing the bugs. And he's like, oh, okay, Brian. All right. <laughs> Well, the cool concept within these books mm-hmm. is that the AIs have become a parasite that we don't know are there. Interesting. So what they have done is is made humanity dependent on a new type of transportation. And it's this instantaneous transportation in which, say, this door right here to this room mm-hmm. opens into another planet. Like moving from Stargate, place to place. basically, kind of? So much more... Uh, I, there's so much more simple even than that. More, it's so so every day that you can walk from like through more, more like a adjustment bureau type. Oh, yeah, nice yeah. pull. Yeah, where yeah. it was a physical door mm-hmm. and you had to have a hat. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And what? And, and or like so, Obito and Naruto when he can open a dimensional portal and jump into it. <clears throat> anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out so the entire the entire known or. The major civilization of humanity, the ones mm-hmm. that have dis- not decided to live. There is a faction who decided they don't nothing to do with this. Fair. Right? Yeah. Um, are able to move 
all over this, this the entire empire or, or civilization, or whatever. It turns out that every time you step through one of those doors, you're like a half a second or whatever held in like this interstitial space. Hmm. All, all of humanity, and they also have these. Uh, it's almost like our cell phones have become like a, a an implant. Yeah, that that right? is definitely going to happen in our lifetime. Yeah. And this movie's from like, or this book is from like 1986, and they basically have invented Twitter. It's like, like he like almost. Ex- ex- anticipated something like Twitter where everybody hmm. was always uh, commenting and, and updating on. And, and so the, the entire public had, uh, opinion is always like moving around and you can in, in real time. Hyperion. Okay. Yeah. And so it turns out that, that every time somebody is walking through there, they're holding you for a second and mm-hmm. they're using your mind to create a giant neural network that they are existing in. That we don't know because within the the movie, a lot of people are in the book. I keep calling it a movie because a movie podcast, I guess. Within right. the within the story, people keep re- referring to like the mainframe or, or where, where do these guys live? And they don't know that they're living on top of our minds. They're using us for. I that. like that. That was the original concept for the Matrix. That makes that makes way more sense. Yeah, it makes I mean, way you- more sense when you think about it. But this, I believe it was the studio notes were like, we don't think people are going to get this. They well, know they, what batteries are, so. Well, they also, I mean, when you, the Matrix flat out ripped off a bunch of properties, mm-hmm. uh, one of which being the Invisibles, which is a fantastic comic book series. I could show you panel, like panel for panel that the Matrix blatantly ripped off. Mm. Like, I mean, 100%. I mean, as far as like the jacking into the back of the skull, very specific torture scenes, like when Morpheus was there. So I straight up stripped that. So it sounds like with this, they had that idea, the Wachowskis, and then the studio was like, eh, we need to go this way because people are dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a much cooler idea the other way. Is Hyperion an audiobook? Oh, yeah. Sweet. I am definitely that's, going that's to download that. <laughs> how I consume 98% of the books that I consume. Okay. So The Matrix, uh, the main core concept of the science, of course, being that humans are batteries in this future. Pretty sure that's bunk. So, science fiction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, the next two are the ones that I grouped together. So, 28 Days Later and I Am Legend. I'm grouping these together because these are not the typical zombie stories. 28 Days Later was one of the first zombie movies that was a viral outbreak. And fast zombies. Very fast zombies. Terrifyingly fast zombies. And I Am Legend, as much as I hate it, because the book was way better and had nothing to do with what they do in the movie. The movie took the approach of another viral outbreak that turned humans into essentially vampire zombies, which is stupid and they did not explain anything. But with these two things, they share in common the viral outbreak scenario, turning humans into something else. Now, have you you watched both of these, right? I've seen the beginning of 28 Days Later, and I've watched the entirety of I Am Legend. Okay. So earlier you were talking about adding a new thing is difficult. Taking off a thing is at least kind of what we have mm-hmm. now. When it comes to this, when it comes to mutating human beings into something else, how do you look at that? <laughs> That's a more complex one. Um, I think you have examples of this sort of thing um, in nature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we think rabies would be an example 
where mm. really it's something that's kind of hijacking a part of the brain to encourage a certain behavioral type. Right. And um, there's a lot of, like on the more insect level, yeah, um, there's a lot of exam- examples of essentially zombie infections from worms, wasps. If you go in terrifying. reading about what I was about to say, are some of the most terrifying creatures. They are constantly laying their eggs in some other creature that mm-hmm. you would think maybe would be able to, like, is much tougher. Like spiders, they do this to spiders, mm-hmm. all types. And they lead these um, creatures to act differently. Yeah, right? there, was, there was one, I think it is either a wasp or something where it infects the brain of mm-hmm. the creature that it impregnates, essentially, and it makes their bodies go towards water. Like mm-hmm. whatever like whatever that creature is. I was reading might, about that. I'm it might not sure have any, Yeah, something like that, where it might not have any inclination towards water, but this thing, once it is inside of its body, forces it to go towards water because that is where it then will explode out of that host body. Because it's part of its the life water. cycle. It's just like... Yeah. <laughs> like alien. And there's another yeah. one that legitimately will, like alien will convince fish to to swim erratically up towards the the uh surface of the mm-hmm. water so that it can be eaten by I believe birds because that's part of the life cycle. It it's going to proliferate in the bird and then be deposited, a nice way to say, yeah. all over the place and then the whole thing starts over again. Right? <laughs> so but the, so the question was Nature something like... Nature is uh, terrifying. Is it no. called the rage virus in this, or is that... Um, uh, do they call that in 20 Days Later? I don't know what to call it. It's yeah, the T-virus in... In Resident Evil. Resident Evil yeah. T-virus, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not sure if they actually... If they specifically name it in 20 Days Later, but the concept is, yeah, just... These are not zombies, necessarily. They're just... Yeah, they're infected. Yeah, they're just infected people. Just like people. Uh, uh, Left 4 Dead. Okay. Did you ever yeah, yeah. those games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... The way I look at this is, okay, what's the point for this pathogen, right? Creatures want to replicate, Mm -hmm. right? So so, um, rabies wants to get into a new host or um, these worms want to be eaten by another animal so they can be spread around. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is is the purpose of this turning humans into crazy eating? Was it created by people? Is it naturally evolved? If it's naturally evolved... You know, there's there's a concept or theory that a good pathogen shouldn't just outright kill its host quickly because yeah, it no. needs. It, otherwise, it's burning through, right? So something like Ebola is not considered to be well adapted to humans it because just, it kills you quickly and obviously, right? Something like HIV is much more because it's it, it's a latent infection that's hard to tell and has, a, you have a long enough period of time to transmit it mm-hmm. to somebody else. Right. Hmm. Second question is how quick, like wouldn't these zombies burn out really quickly when, when they're, it's not that all humans are dead, but the frequency of running into something that you right. can reinfect will drop off really quickly. And especially the way that they move, it seems like they're burning up a lot of energy. They spend right? a lot of calories, and they're yeah. not having any cliff bars. Yeah, and if there's know? only one food source, supposedly, for these things, um, I'm thinking also of The Walking Dead, which had right. an awesome first season, and I couldn't get past the second. I, th- um, I mean, I think Jess and Damien or somebody was talking about, like, at some point, years after this outbreak in The Walking Dead, those bodies are just going to physically be falling apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jaws are not going like to. I like I said all the time, I would head up to Alaska and just outlast them in the cold. Yeah, well, like, they're not I mean, particularly good in the water, right? No, no, 
Go to an island. My my well, but then, but then if they get on the island, my my zombie apocalypse place that I would love to go, or not love to go, but in that instance, oil rig. Huh? You're out in the climbers, are you're they? out in the middle of the ocean to get from the water to there, depending on where which part of the ocean you are in. Like huge ladders on an oil rig, you have food, you have sustainability. So, but yeah, in The Walking Dead and also in Twenty Eight Days Later, same thing. Like. If you're expending that many calories and not making calories. He's walking all day. Yeah. Like what, where is that coming from? With Same with uh, I Am Legend. Like these weird zombie vampire things because they're vampires in the book. So they had to throw in the movie that like, oh, sunlight hurts them. Why? Mm-hmm. That, that makes no sense. Who knows? You know, the first book of um, oh, The Strain yeah mm-hmm. like that was like like he really tried to put some real science into those vampires like yeah very detailed into and some of it made some sense i guess but then yeah. the whole lore behind it and the master and all that yeah and, and yeah. there there are there are a lot of creatures out there that are not well su- i mean even human albinos right they're not um well suited to um dealing not human albinos there's an, actually another condition day walker <laughs> where uv light is very dangerous right. you know um because they don't have the per- the right protection towards it yeah but so to- that was a pretty clever e- example there because mm-hmm. they're they're talking about a, a it's like a flatworm infection or something mm-hmm. like that it's an infection yeah. yeah but it was just weird with i am legend when when any of you when you look at these kind of post-apocalyptic scenarios mm-hmm. where an i am legend he is the last Human, at least he should be, because that was what it was in the book. In the movie, they were like, no, there are colonies, whatever. If he is the only human in this city mm-hmm. for a long period of time, yeah, what else are those creatures eating? How are they sustaining themselves? That that type like, of system. Do they specifically not go after other living creatures? Is they this do. one of those go after They do, but at the, again, at that same time, like... It's been a long time. So. Yeah, there's not... Like, I mean, when he was going through the city and, like, a deer, mm-hmm. you know, runs past. So, I mean, wildlife is there, but... Wildlife is smart. Nature knows if there is a massive group of predators, I'm not going to be hanging around there too much. Well, here's the thing. Humans are smart, too. Like, eh, we like to think so, but... Yeah. Well, we're at least as smart as, as the wildlife. We have to ride <laughs> I'm going to ride for humanity here. All right. Tim and I, not so much. <laughs> but the second question is, I mean, honestly, um, if he is the only person left, what's the point? Right. Well, and that was, a, that was the key component of the book. That and spoiler alert for the book, but the book is incredible. They're vampires, not zombies, and they mm. remain intelligent. So every mm. every night, so every during the day, he goes out, he goes to the library, gets books, boards up his house, and at night they come back and they will stand in front of his house, and his old neighbor will stand on his his lawn and just yell at him, "Come out, Neville!" all night, and so he just. You know, he, there are part, parts of insanity, points of insanity where he is losing it. There are parts where you're like, all right, I, I'm good. I just need to do this and this and this. The whole point of the book, though, was that this had been going on so long where those vampires who are then procreating and having kids, he is the vampire. He is the monster that they tell their kids about. <laughs> like during the day when you're, you know, when you're asleep, a monster is going to come and get you he becomes the legend. Mm-hmm. And so the, Oh, that's the, why I am legend. The book yeah. ends where they basically, they captured him and they're about to kill him. And he has the, re- like the revelation. He was like, I am legend. 
brilliant. I, I love that book. And in the movie, they're like, ah, now some zombies. Yeah. And he it's might a much be cooler story. The book. I mean, yeah, just like it was incredible because the vampires at that point, they have adapted. They made it because they remained intelligent. They created some drugs so they could go out during the day, which is how she ends up luring him in. Like they already Not built a sunblock like blade. No. Yeah. Deacon Frost. <laughs> but they basically, like, they created a world because they're like, okay, this is what we are. This guy is immune for whatever reason. We need to continue our society and Are build. they even evil? Not really. The they just, they're just vampires. Yeah. They, okay. Yeah. Cool. We're probably this evil. Cows probably think we're evil. Yeah. So, I mean, they just, they recognize. Turkeys, cows turkeys probably think we're evil. <laughs> probably. Yeah. But yeah, so like that whole concept was lost in the movie. Yeah. And the, even the science in the movie, it was like, I was just not sure. Because, again, the speed at which things happen. Mm-hmm. So, 20 days later, and I Am Legend with these viral type of outbreaks. Is that something? I mean, you mentioned Ebola and other things. Science fact or science fiction? I had to go with fiction. Fiction? <laughs> yeah. It's just, so much of it doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, those were all the movies on, on my list. You did mention The Strain, which has some of the most terrifying versions of vampires. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was similar to Blade 3. Uh, two. Three. Blade, the Reapers. Was it Blade 3? It, yeah, it was Blade 3. No, there was like, two. The, the Reapers were in two. That was the uh, Guillermo del Toro yeah. one. Where, which their is ma- like, where their mouth kind of split open mm-hmm. into four parts. That was two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two. Like that is terrifying because like vampires with fangs, all right, cool, scary. But like a mouth that splits open into four pieces, like Predator, and has mm-hmm. a thing in the middle of it, like and <laughs> eats, eats other vampires or yeah. eats vampires, not even other vampires at that point. Yeah. Um, wait, we didn't talk about uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, sorry, Planet of the Apes. So with the new ones, because again, no, no science gets explained in the old ones. You know, just who cares? No. The new ones, humans be messing around with stuff. Scientists. Looking at you, Kenneth. Um, <laughs> They're trying to call, cure Alzheimer's. Trying right? to cure Alzheimer's. The same with Deep Blue Sea, by the way. Yeah. What is that? A shark ate me. <laughs> uh, do you know that? So they actually, I just saw it on Facebook. Uh, they're coming out with first time on Blu-ray. Yeah. Bonus features. I thought about getting it for you because yeah. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. Um, My head is like a shark's fin. Remember that song? Hello, Cool Hello, J. Hello, Cool J. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so they're trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's. Inevitably... They end up creating Caesar, a hyper-intelligent ape, who then, through various means, starts then teaching and educating this other group, all while a virus gets unleashed and then starts mutating the humans in the opposite direction. They start devolving as the apes are evolving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know if, it, if a virus would do it, but I feel like... The idea that you could get super intelligent apes is pretty solid idea because, I mean, depending on what sort of, let's say, philosophy of the existence of human life mm-hmm. you have, mm-hmm. that's what we are. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't up, know how you... <laughs> end up creating Grodd at some point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, the I'd say the potential is there. The question is, how do you bring out that potential? And lots right. of movies, because a lot of... The population is not that up on what viruses do. Right. We'll just throw out the term virus and people will be like, okay. Right. 
I would imagine that that would uh, happen by a different process. I can't say what, mm-hmm. but um, I, I say all of the the genes, the variability to become that intelligent are there because it, it happened with us, put them in the right conditions yeah. and it could happen to them. Um, the idea that this exact same virus is having these reverse effects between the two of us mm-hmm. seems pretty out there to me. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So science fiction for Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, so so far the only ones that got science fact, Gattaca, some uh, of Jurassic Park, some of, yeah, some of Jurassic Park. Man, that is it. Well, wow. I'm, I mean, I'm giving a Ex certain Machina? amount to um, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe not by a virus, but the idea that you, that it, you can start it, to essentially re- to me, it already happened, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it would be yeah. the repeat of something that already happened, mm-hmm. um, and then that intelligence kind of going because when you have like a seed of intelligence and then one is teaching another and if it's gene based the um what do you say the the offspring mm-hmm. as long as it's that's the one thing with mutation you it only counts if it's also in the um reproductive cells right right true yeah because something you can't pass be, it on what's the point exactly yeah. yeah so that super intelligence however it comes about has to to also be there yeah that makes sense because if not then you get muggles and mudbloods there you go Uh-oh. mudbloods so <laughs> is, is that racist it sounds like it mm, eh. and that might be one of the only pseudo racist terms that i have not been called at some point in my life oh so. it's happening <laughs> yeah it's gonna prob- happen on facebook watch it, it probably will at some point yeah mudbloods uh, <laughs> at least sounds better than what do they call nomadges that was real uh, yeah that was weird yeah oh my god just Come on now. Like, yeah. like if, if there's one place where they, they yeah, can have exactly. clever racist comments, it should be the US. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no magis and Fantastic Beasts. It was like, mm. so they do not have magic. No ma- Come on. Yeah, Come on. Tough. You guys have had a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. You pretty good at your racism. It's one thing America's really good at. Real good. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. So that, that wraps it up for the science fact or science fiction. Uh, thank you both for, for joining in on this conversation. And for bringing your uh, cellular, molecular biology mindset to it. Because, yeah, a lot of times when I watch these movies, I just think it is dumb or smart because of my own thing. Mm -hmm. Coming at it from your viewpoint of like, okay, if I was in a lab, if this were happening, there would be other people involved. There would be that Mm -hmm. collaboration. Much more more communication. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, that was weird. Like, in life, to go back to that, where the one dude is in the room by himself. You would think there would be monitors all over him with scientists from around the world being like, did you check this? Did you check this? How about not touch the thing? (laughs) Like, that still is the weirdest part about that movie. Like, in Jurassic Park, at least, when the egg kind of splits open, you see the scientists kind of reaching in and doing that. Like, still weird, but you had already created the thing. Mm -hmm. Also, you have that profit motive behind it. That kind of adds to the... True. Very godlike. Right. And and that... the the uh, skipping of steps, I think you can buy a lot more if you're trying to create a product because we see product recalls all yeah, the time. And, and yeah. that's, what, that's what Jeff Goldblum says. It's like you never thought, like, did you mm-hmm. have to do it? Mm-hmm. Could you? Right. Yeah. And, and did yeah. you need meat-eating ones? Could you not just start? Like, can you do, yeah. like, a, a stepwise product rollout? Yeah. For mm-hmm. instance, if you find out your Triceratops is breeding on its own, well, at least it's not a Velociraptor, right? Right. Right. Well, no, I mean, even you know, like that quintessential scene as they're rolling up and they was like, oh, wait until I see the T-Rex. And he was like, you have a T-Rex? He was like, yeah. what? Like, because you see it in his face. Like, why would you ever bring back one of the greatest predators 
that has ever roamed the planet. Yeah. Hey, can I go home now? Yeah. Oh, right. Right. right, right. Like, no. Time to turn this around. Like a megalodon. I can't wait to see that, see that movie. Oh, a giant it shark looks attack. So dumb. Never going swimming again. Oh man, I I love I know the fact that the ocean is scary. The ocean is more terrifying than space. Oh yeah. Mainly because space is out there. We know the surface of the moon better than we know our oceans. Yes. Like that. Uh. Uh-uh. How many decades did it take for us to finally get video of a live giant squid? Sixty years. Ooh. Like it was a long time. Snow leopards were thought to be myths. Like people would have the pelts of them. One had not been filmed on camera until like 1978. Yeah. So Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. Science facts. Science we, live, facts. we live in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So Jaws, Meg the, the Meg movie, science fact. There's a gigantic shark. Did you see that like, YouTube video of the, um, I think it was like some news broadcasters in Australia? Mm. Well, everything, every, everything in Australia wants to kill you. Right. Yeah. But this was a giant shark. Mm-hmm. It just jumped. It was like one of the hugest sharks ever seen mm-hmm. and they, they they go back to the newscasters yes and i just see that slack jawed yeah i, 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 I didn't see the that, largest but... great white i don't know what species it was oh, just yeah. an enormous shark yeah there was one where it was a uh, the largest great white ever filmed or uh recorded well at least in our history was like only a couple years ago and you see the people in the shark tank like underwater and this gigantic killer whale is just swimming on past and it was like the scariest part, and there were recently some video clips of uh, some orcas here mm-hmm. in, like, Elliott Bay. Like, right outside of Seattle. Like, right there. And these orcas are, like, beautiful and everything. And they come out of the water. As soon as they get, like, three feet under the surface, they are gone. Mm-hmm. The fact that things can just dis- that they are so perfectly adapted to their environment. Mm-mm. Nope. The ocean yeah. is terrifying. Blackfish terrified. Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it was also very sad, but it's it, like, yeah. when they're in their own environment, they are they have every Alpha advantage predators. Of, over you. Yeah, yeah every advantage. every single one. <laughs> yeah, it's a Sorry, rat. Michael Phelps. Yeah, you you're, you're a dead well. person. Mm-mm. Like yeah. forty-seven meters down. Uh, leopard seals. If you watch videos of those, like yeah, the ocean, and those are just like the surface level stuff. Mm-hmm. Once you start getting into like the viper fish, the angler fish, so everything that lives where light doesn't go. Yeah. Mm-mm. So yeah. one thing is uh, like. Humans probably got to North America by walking over a land bridge yeah. or whatever. Um, but my wife is Polynesian, like I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And her people decided to get on boats and go somewhere. Right. They didn't know what was out there. They just <laughs> went. And so she thinks the ocean is so beautiful and all of this. Mm. I've flown to Hawaii a few times where she's from. And I look, there's nothing. Nope. You're surrounded by just blue and water and then there's some dots and you're like we're gonna land on those <laughs> and the ocean yeah. is terrifying to me that dot that you are pointing at we're gonna land on that that active volcano yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what yeah it is, it is pretty yeah. crazy so all right uh tim where can people find you on social media uh, you can find me uh, at the Pe- people's critic on twitter Find me on Instagram, Snapchat. You can find me the People's Critic blog. Uh, I'm not really doing anything until probably Infinity War. I think that's. I was the gonna next say thing. yeah. Our schedule it was really crazy a couple weeks ago. It was pretty light. Yeah, no one wants to open around that uh, juggernaut of a film. So yeah, no, it's pretty chill. Nice. So all of those links will be in the show notes below. Kendon, where can people find you on social media and Made in the 80s? Well, I um, I'm on Instagram at Thundercats. Mm-hmm. That's spelled. Why Why is that? Why is that? 
well, if you were to see that corner down in our studio, yeah. I have a small shrine to the Thundercats, mm-hmm. two tattoos from the Thundercats. I kind of like that cartoon, and I'm kind of worried about when we get to it on our show. We're going to get to it. Mm. Do you I'm going like, to destroy it. No, I'm kidding. Do you remember <laughs> the, the fan-made trailer yeah. from like a long the, the time ago? The Jamaican one? No. no, the Jamaican one was hilarious. <laughs> the, the Jamaican one was fine. I do remember. No, but like the one where they tried to take it seriously, like Vin Diesel was Panthro. Oh, yeah. I remember and it was that. like, no. I don't want hey, Panthro was on Saturday Night Live. He was. Yeah. He showed up. So yeah. that's, but it's spelled T H U N D A K A T T S. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then we're also on uh, Instagram as M I T 80S. Is that correct? Oh, you have two episodes coming up uh, Tron and. My birthday episode, which is Silver Bullet, one of my favorite. That was a fun one. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Cool. As for this podcast, uh, you can find it on all forms of social media at about to review. If you want to email into the show, it is about to review at gmail.com. All of the links to the guests and show notes are at about to review.com as well. Make sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry. All of those. Uh, some upcoming projects for uh, me. I will be heading to British Columbia in just a couple days to cover Vancouver Web Fest again for the second year in a row. I love Vancouver. I love that place. Uh, it is an awesome town. It's I always beautiful. have a blast up there. So yeah, Vancouver Web Fest. I will put a link in the show notes below that. It basically is just it features web series from across the world. Vancouver Web Fest in particular is one of the biggest web fests that they have mm-hmm. uh, in well, not just the country. I mean, in on this continent, technically. North America. North America. So I will be doing that. Uh, I was on an episode of Cinema Squabble last week, another local podcast. So I will put a link to that in the show notes. And then after that is Infinity War. Yeah. And we might just do an episode just all on that because it is, it is going to be It's going to be intense. a lot to unpack, I imagine. For sure. So that will do it for this episode of the About to Review podcast. I have been joined by... Tim, the People's Critic. And... Kendon. From MIT 80s. From Made in the 80s podcast. And I have been your host, that guy named John. We will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. To get ourselves a treat.